Alright, hi guys. Uh, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds, uh, getting to learn about other cultures and um, discovering uh, new things about the world. My name is Nosayari and welcome to another episode. Uh, today I have yet another guest. Uh, today I have Montague on the podcast, Montague Connolly. Um, welcome to the podcast. How's your day been so far? It's been good, man. Glad to be here. Okay, do anything exciting today? I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and I remember the last time we were actually supposed to record this sometime last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, last week, uh, Denver experienced... Uh, Quite a snow. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. It was really, really thick. Yeah. So when you called me last week that you had issues, you know, coming out, I was like, what exactly is the problem? And then I opened my window. <laughs> <laughs> and all the yeah. cars had their tires, like covered in snow and everything was just like i couldn't see anyone like getting out in that in that way absolutely and in colorado i found that when things get really slippery it's really good to have a certain type of tire Mm. it's good to have the hybrid because if you don't have a good tire if the tires are really worn you're gonna slide all over the place Yeah, yeah and i just got a used car that didn't have the best didn't have the best tires and we try to pull out of that that spot and just yeah. spinning in one place for like five yeah. minutes. I was like, nah, I'm good. tell me about it. But <laughs> the hybrid is that the all weather tires? Yep, that's the all weather. That's where it's snow and you know summer. Or summer. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, those are the kinds I have, but I, I'm starting to think like I should have just gotten the winter tires once and for all. Because the all weather tires are like this. Really doesn't feel like <laughs> <laughs> I still get that drag. It's yeah, still yeah, like normal saying. tires to me. Yeah. So and you know. And I drive an SUV. I don't know if that's making it worse or better. No, I mean, if you have four-wheel drive, you know. know. Uh, Some people say the higher the car is um, above the ground. And if you don't have, like, especially if you're the only one driving, you don't have a lot of weight to, like, press down the tires, then it doesn't really work as effective as it should be. But I don't know anything about cars. Yeah, me neither, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah, as far as today, it's an interesting day because the date, uh, I believe it's 12-3. 2019. Mm-hmm. That's so, December 3rd. December 3rd. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look at the date, you see that 12, you know, 1 plus 2 is 3. Mm. So you got 12, so that's 3. Then you got the 3rd. And then mm. 2019, if you add all those numbers together, it's 3. So we're at 2. So if you add 2, you know, if you put the 2019, you put a plus sign in between each one, it, it it adds up to 9, 10, 11, 12, which equals 3. Oh. So we have, we're dealing with triple threes here, you know. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think I think Montague just introduced himself. <laughs> I was gonna do an introduction, but <laughs> I think he did that for me. So uh, Montague, from what I understand, uh, um, from my interaction, my brief interaction with you, is a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he involved in all sort of um, healing and spiritual processes, which we're gonna get into, you know, in the course of the podcast. And you also have an apothecary. Yes, apothecary. Apothecary. <laughs> company yeah absolutely tongue twisting (laughs) you know a lot of people struggle with that word it's a new word yeah a lot of people don't use it and um i've seen so many people that don't even like to say the name Mm because you know the business that i run is called giradon apothecary Mm -hmm. and people just say giradon or there's like yeah those two shop herb shop giradon apothecary Uh, yeah it's, it's like but there are new words you know words have always been there 
that exist that maybe have existed from time or maybe some of them were coined yeah. but sometimes the society doesn't have the need to use them just like the internet right. we didn't have the use to use that word the internet till maybe the early 90s or late 80s or or whatever we didn't really have the use case for the word streaming right up until recently, like as frequently as it's as it's used right now. So right. like when I first heard streaming, I was like, what what the hell was streaming? Because back then I'll like download songs to my phone with you know LimeWire and all that, Napster, all that stuff. Right. And people like, hey, there's a memory capacity to your phone. Why not just stream? I'm like, what the hell is stream? Right. You know <laughs> what is that? I should throw my phone in the water. Yeah. So ap- apothecary is, you know, it's kind of like I, I feel it's always been there because it has like this ancient undertone to it. It does. And, and it the meaning kind of is weird because it, it, it indicates someone who 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 specializes in herbs, mm-hmm. but it also can reference a business that specializes in herbs, in herbs So someone can be an apothecary. Yeah. Like I could be considered an apothecary. But the actual building can be called an apothecary too. Oh, so it's kind of like a dentist. Yeah. Like a person can be a dentist. Or they can go or yeah. they can go to the yeah. dentist, which is kind of like yeah, exactly. the building. It's very interesting. I never call myself an apothecary. And it's interesting because the word Jared. What, what do you call yourself? An herbalist. Oh, really? I'm an herbalist. I'm someone. I also call myself a shaman. Uh, a shaman. A shaman. Is that kind of like a sherpa? What's a shaman? What's that? A shaman is a word that was popularized uh, a long time ago. Um, you know, as long as I've been around doing this work, and the shaman kind of indicates someone who works with spiritual tools. Really? Yeah, I think some people would call it a medicine man. Or some people in some countries might call it a witch doctor. Gotcha. Uh, people that say, you know what, your ancestors need you to do this thing or you know you should so you uh, speak to the spirits speak to the spirits you know, through dreams did you go to school for that or that i'm just joking it was a it was, so so it's interesting that you say that because there are places you can go to learn that sort of thing really um like um but like for example on actually a matter of fact this week i'm getting initiated into a african spiritual system which called, one called ifa are you familiar with oh, Yeah, that's a popular Yoruba. Yeah, popular Yoruba tradition. Um, but they have a lot of, and within that tradition, there's a lot of spiritual tools and ways of working with the other side. Mm. Uh, but, you know, but the only reason, but I, I, but my problem growing up was that I was born this way. You know, really, I wasn't someone who had to like who was like all weird and was like hey i want to go learn about witches so your family was into this no i was born with a natural gift to see the dead or to work with you know or to feel things that weren't there you know really and um and i had a lot of good luck with that so so what were like the earliest manifestations of that could you like predict the scores of the game sometimes could you yeah really yes can you do Uh, that right now no 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 (laughs) it was very much on accident you know a lot of stuff i've done was on accident so i didn't necessarily have control over it you know so like Tim Tebow and the Broncos, you know, we're going against, I would dream. And Tim Tebow, for those listening from outside the U.S., is, uh, he was an NFL player. Does he still play? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> he kind of went. He was like a very that. popular, he was a popular NFL player. And he was a miracle worker because yeah. he didn't have that much skill. Mm. But there would be all these miracles. He was really disciplined, right? He, well, it was miracles. Like miracles. Like miracles. <laughs> Every, he would pray. He would yeah, pray he was on a the Christian. Football. He was a yeah. Christian. Yeah. And he would pray to God and 
he would, God would grant his wishes, it seemed like, in the game. He would win these games he wasn't supposed to win, you know, and, you know, he fell off after that, you know, but um, he was known as the, he's like, he's like a saint of football in a way, you know, <laughs> a saint of football saint. <laughs> because he would, he would get down and pray to Jesus and Jesus would just grant his wishes. And, okay, the other team, they don't have Christians on that team? No, the team had Christians. <laughs> But they were they didn't have the Tim Tebow anointing, you know. <laughs> okay, wait. So is this something you believe? So we're, we're talking about Christianity, and I'm a Christian. Yeah. We also like kind of have that notion in some circles in Christianity where some people have perceived to be more anointed or have more access. Let me not say have more access because no. Jesus kind of came and squashed all that. Yeah. But some people I believe to be more anointed than others. Is that also like that's something, something I like believe the in our world or like yeah, we'll yeah. see. So I've been influenced by Christianity, okay, uh, because my mom was a devout Christian who sang with me while I was in her womb, you know. So that gospel music still is within me, and I still sing gospel music, okay, with a gospel group, you know. Um, and then I was raised, but you still sing gospel music. I still sing gospel music, interesting, okay. but in a secular way, okay. you know. Um, not saying I don't believe in the power of Jesus because I've seen it, you know. Okay. I've seen the power of Jesus work in people's life. But I don't interact with Jesus in a religious way, gotcha. you know, um, because in my experience, Jesus shows up for whoever calls him. And he never said, you need to be in this religion for me. You know, in mm. my experience, in my in my experience, if I see a, a demon or a negative spirit, if I choose to call Jesus, he'll still show up. OK, wait. So let, let me let me let me peel this back a little bit. Yeah. You said if you see a negative spirit. So you believe that there are spirits that are negative and oh, some that are positive. I see them all the time. Okay, yes, so. Every day. It, and, and which takes us back to sort of how I came into this was that I had a knack for seeing things. Me and my sister, you know, both could feel these things. You know, you know what? Let's let's go all the way back. Yeah, Let, let's go all the way back. <laughs> Talk to me about growing up. So, growing so up, well, what's your family like? So my, like? my family was um, so my mom was a Christian. My dad, he left. He left the household. He wasn't around. OK. Um, and then my mom remarried a Muslim man. Oh, and so he introduced introduced us to the nation of Islam. Okay. And to this day, I still in my prayers in my house with my children, we still pray Allah prayers. You know, we still because that's how I grew up most of my life. Okay. Was, so you, you you actually engage in practicing some tenets of the Islamic some, faith. Yes, I don't I don't touch pork. Okay. You know, we we use Allah's name. Do you fast every year? No, I don't fast every oh, year. Okay. Um, I do believe in the power of fasting. Okay. I fast sometimes. But um, it's very loose, you know, like all these things that influence me, I don't really use in a religious way. way. You know, I keep I keep the things that tend to work like pork for me is poison, you know, and I've always felt bad health wise, health wise when mm. I ate it. So I'm like, hmm, there might be some because I look for correlations in a lot of religions. Mm. I noticed that a lot of ancient Christians like the I know, like the Orthodox Christians, like mm. old Ethiopian Christians, they don't mess with pork, you know. Um, in ancient Egypt, the god Set was represented with a pig head. He was like the enemy, the great enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, in in the Bible, it said cast pearls among the swine. These low swine, you know what yeah, I mean? I like mean, so, all these pig, pigs are so associated dirty, with dirty and that. unclean. You know, and then when I stopped eating pork because my mom made me because she married a Muslim man. Yeah. You know, how, wait, how old were you when your mom remarried? Shoot, I'm, I was probably let's see, I was probably about. Because my sister is five years younger than me. She, so my mom was about, I was about six years old. Six years old. And okay. my mom handed me a piece of ham, pork ham. 
okay. at my grandma's house, and she said, this is the last piece of pork you'll ever eat in your life. And she did that at your grandma's house. And my grandma, so, so obviously she had talked with her husband <laughs> and stuff like that. So and that was the last piece of oh, pork. But how exactly did it work? Like, talk to me before she got remarried and after she got remarried. Like, before she got remarried, did you guys like go to church every Sunday and all that stuff? And how did that? We did go to we change? did go to churches, and um, I was as a as a young child, they used to call me the Hallelujah baby because mm. I would get filled with the Holy Spirit. Once again, being a sensitive, you know. Oh, so you were just manifesting this in a different way. In a different way. It was very sensitive. I was always, when the Holy Spirit came into the church, I could feel it. And I would just let it, it would come into me and I'd say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you. And everybody would say, oh, that's an anointed child. He's he's blessed, he's gifted, and, and people would want to be around me and things like that. And um, they called me the hallelujah baby. Mm. <laughs> so, and, and, it, and it was one of those churches where they would speak in tongues, and, you know, they'd do all that sort of yeah. stuff. And, um, and so, but my mom, when she remarried, she remarried a very militant Mm. Muslim the nation, right? nation of Islam. Mm. And he came in with his bow ties and you know, Minister Farrakhan and he mm. took me away from all the white men. He taught me that the white man was What's the devil. The devil? Yeah. yeah, and that messed me up as a kid because I was like, What? My best friend's a white boy. You know, mm. is he the devil? He said, Yeah. He wow. Is. He and said he he's the devil. He said he's the devil. Wow. And I was and it was hard for me as a child trying to marry the Christian Dude. world with the because I'm one of those people that I don't forget, like when I become something else or move into a different manifestation, I still bring a lot of the things from the prior thing with me, you know? So I still had some of these Christian notions around God and things and how to marry that with the nation of Islam was very hard for me because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the devil, because at first the devil was a spirit, you know? Like, and it became a man. It became a man. A white man. And then I had to try to find a way to balance that out, you know, without, without becoming hateful towards white people and so i used to say oh when you look at your culture it's a demonic culture see what you've done to all the nations of the world that sort of thing and try not to look at it like individuals from the literal devil especially when i saw wickedness in my own family you know how could i you know saying how so well uh wickedness just as far as like even my even my the father i grew up with was very brutal you know Mm -hmm. the, the stepfather the muslim was very brutal. He cussed everybody out. You know, he was struggling with probably what would be considered today, maybe bipolar tendencies, you know, mm. being really low to really angry or something like that. You yeah. know, very brutish, very rude, um, very angry person that I didn't like growing up. He was very scary, you know. Mm. Um, other people being on drugs or people stealing and things like that. So, you know, just being around people who were black that did demonic things wouldn't allow me to say, oh, the white man's the devil, you know, even though they would say, hey, well, uh, well, the white man taught us that. That was kind of like the response I would get. But I'm a white man. (laughs) You know, that's funny. Because in the nation, we it was very much like black people were sort of okay before, you know, before the black man created the white man. That, mm. You know, because they believe that we created them as a science experiment. That's what's really, taught. yeah. In the nation of Islam, I've never taught. heard that. You know, I don't know too much about the nation, yeah. but I, this is the first time I'm hearing that. Yes, in the nation. But the so nation, how, how the, far back did we do this? And, well, in the in the nation of Islam, and you know, once again, I was 12 years old when we left. Yeah. Um, so this is just from what I remember being a kid. We were taught that, and it was it was hard because there's still some anti-black things in the nation. As black as the nation of Islam is. I remember my mom calling me into the kitchen and she said, hey, look at look at these beautiful people. And I think she was looking at some Ethiopians. Okay. And she said, 
Anyway, sorry, you had like a, a grasshopper on your shoulder or oh. something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was a pretty cool little guy. Anyway, so she called me upstairs and she said, look at this. Look how beautiful these people are. This is how beautiful we used to look before we rebelled against Allah. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, and, she's, and she would say, oh, we were, you know, our, our noses weren't so wide. And, you know, our hair was straighter before we rebelled. This is part of the nation of Islam. What's wrong with a wide nose? There's nothing wrong with it. This is Nation of Islam. Wow. This is Nation of Islam doctrine. If you look into kind of what the older people taught. And so what they taught was that we rebelled against Allah and moved into the jungle. And when we were in the jungle, the environment made us have darker skin and our nose widens. So you see these very racist undertones, but still. And the interesting thing also about the Nation of Islam is that their prophet, Master Farah Muhammad, um, was very almost white, white, you know, he's a, yeah. he's a mixed man. Yeah, and I used to be confused because yeah. I'm like, what? Hold on. So the white man's the devil, but, but our, but and they always but, have like straight hair, yeah. kind of like gel back. Yeah, but Master Farah Muhammad always wearing like the a white suits, man. Yeah. not like traditional African yeah. clothing or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. how that confused a 12 year old. I can imagine. And which was interesting is because which, another interesting thing. One thing I did like about the nation is it gave me a lot of really good values. Like one of the first rules was respect and protect the black woman. Yeah. So if we saw a woman that was black walking by herself, we had to escort her, things like that. Um, you know, it was very big on like moving fast, quick thinking, doing what you say you're going to do, follow through. You know, those were some good values in there. Are those uh, some of the things you think that attracted your mother to your father? Oh, big time. His mm. strength. You know, she wanted to feel protected. Yeah. It's, the problem was that the dark side was that he would turn that same energy against us. Against you know, us. Because uh, he would protect us strong. Yeah. But then at home, he would, you know, <laughs> go at us like, whoa, hold on, man. You know, turn that off. And so, um, which was interesting because that led to, because when we left the Nation of Islam, I started hanging around the 5 percent. When we? When we left. Who's we? We left. My family left the Nation of Islam. Plus your father? Your my stepfather? Fa my father, my father, my stepfather stayed, uh, he, he didn't go down to the, what happened was two ministers came to power. And so the story, the way it was given to me is that Minister Farrakhan sent a spy to Denver. That's Louis Farrakhan. Yeah, Louis Farrakhan, the leader leader, mm -hmm. sent, a lead, sent somebody down to see who was going to be the one minister here. They didn't like that there was two. In Denver. In Denver. There was okay. two people. There was a Minister Henry and a Minister Wazir. Um, my family followed Minister Wazir. Okay, so wait, let, let me just give some context into this. So, uh, Louis Farrakhan was like the first leader of the Nation of Islam. He was the one that handed over to, um, sorry, what's his name? He came to power after Malcolm X went out. After Malcolm, oh, I'm sorry, Elijah Muhammad was the first yes, one. Yes, Elijah Muhammad who, was the first one. Who handed over yeah. to Louis Farrakhan. Because Master Farad Muhammad was mm -hmm. who the Nation of Islam believe is God. Okay. That came as a man, kind of like how Jesus, you know, was God. They believe Master Farad Muhammad was God yeah. who taught Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad made it popular, and then Malcolm X made it really popular. Really, like, really, really <laughs> and popular. And then Malcolm X left the nation and got killed and everything, and then, Ma and then Minister Farrakhan came up came after up. that. So it, does each state in the U.S. have a minister in charge of that state? I believe so. I believe in each state or at least in each major city. Okay. You know, so there's in Chicago, there's a big one, you know, Denver, you know, all these places have really big, big. In, the, in the big cities. So, um, so what happened in Denver? So what happened in Denver was two ministers came to power, but there should only be one. Henry and Wazir? Yeah, yeah Henry and Wazir were the two that were, uh, 
that were being looked at, according to what I was told as a child. Mm -hmm. And Minister Henry was the one who was picked. So we were so dedicated to Wazir. Matter of fact, I loved Wazir. Did they have different styles of teachings? They believe in different doctrines? No, it was the same. So it was just a personality thing. It was just, they didn't even, I don't even think they bumped heads. Mm. I think just upper management came in and said, there needs to be one final pastor that needs, one minister that needs to be at the top. Okay. You know, and then there can it can fall fall down any other way. But and so Minister Wazir um got kicked out. Our family was Wazir followers. Okay. So when he left, everybody just left. People went back to Christianity. Wow. Some people went back to the to the streets. And these are thousands of people. A lot of people. Yeah, it was this was when Wait, was it separated geographically? That oh, you know, Wazir was No, this was all in the same the same because I think they would alternate or something. Interesting. Like they would take turns preaching or teaching. Interesting. And uh, and it was it which leads to some funny stuff because my mom was still even when we were in the nation of Islam, she was still kind of Christian. You know, like you know, she would get, she would sometimes get yelled at for hiding the Bible under her pillow. Oh, or, wow. Did or she, she like wear white and all that stuff? She didn't wear white. She didn't. She never liked to cover her head. She mm. never liked to be really conservative because mm. she's an artist. She's very expressive. Flowers, you know, she's very expressive, and she would. She she was funny because she would come into the mosque and because the mosque there was no music ever in there. Yeah which was completely different than what we were used to. We were used to music and shouting and this and that. So to come to this very quiet, very business-like place was hard for my mom. And so my mom would work with the children, teaching them Christian songs, but she would alter the words slightly. You gotcha. know? So, so there'd be a song like, turn it over to Jesus. Turn, but she would teach the kids, turn it over to Allah. You know, just so she could have some of that culture, culture. still there. Huh. You know? Now my mom's all the way back into the Bible, you know, so she found her way back to her roots. But um, so you guys left. We left the nation. Okay. We left the nation of Islam, which because is because of that, because of that. Mm -hmm. And so that opened our world up to other philosophies and other things. I started my, one of my best friends had a mother who was married to a five percenter. Have you heard okay. of them? Yeah, the five percenters. Are, I think it started in New York, yeah. I think. Nation of uh, God. People who call themselves God. Charlemagne Charl Charl the God. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's and all the, the and all the big rappers are five of the East Coast were like five percent. Apparently, there are rumors that Jay Z was a five percent. Jay Z said he was a five percenter. Jay Z always claims a bunch of stuff. Like yeah, anything he thinks is bad. <laughs> <laughs> he'll just he'll just claim you it. Know. But the five percenters they have a very interesting philosophy. Talk to me a little bit about five percent. So and that's and it's interesting because this has taken me through a track of my whole spiritual experience, going from Christianity to the Nation of Islam. We're all wearing suits all the time. Now, my my best friend's mother is married to a five or is dating a five percenter mm -hmm. that lives in the house. And he's telling us it was a very natural progression progression, though, because five percenters, it started from the nation of Islam. Really? It's actually a branch uh, that kind of broke off because um, there's there's the, the, the guy who started his name was Clarence 13X. And um, he had a number in his name. He had a number in his name because okay. in the in the mosque, um, if if someone else has, you know how you get an X because yeah. we because in the nation of Islam we cut we we take off our slave name. Yeah. So my name is Montague Connolly, but if I would have gotten older and stayed with the nation, I'd have ended up being Montague X. Gotcha. But if another Montague, which probably would never happen, came because I never met another Montague, Montague but, 2X. But he'd be Montague 2X. And then if another one, uh, Montague. So there were so many people named Clarence. What, what's, what's there, and no offense no to you, but what's there to say Montague isn't a slave name itself? 
Because so that's not like an African name. Or it's, uh, it's not an African name. Um, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to remove the legacy. Makes you know, sense. We don't want our children to carry slave names like Johnson or Smith. So but if you have a kid, what will his last name be? Well, um, that's a good question. Um, oftentimes what I've, what I've seen is that when you get to a certain rank, you get to a certain level, you can take on what what the nation believes to be our true names, which are mm. Islamic names. So mm. names like Farrakhan, names mm. like Muhammad, okay. um, names like Farad are highly revered in that culture. So um, so your child might be a Muhammad or a Farad mm. or okay. something like that going forward, which because they believe that the first black people um, in their true religion were from the Arabic, uh, were from uh, the, the Asiatic areas. So they always say, we're the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet earth, God of the universe. That's mm. what they say. Um, and so it was a very natural progression going to five percenters because, once again, it was started by a nation of Islam, person who left the nation. He saw that we were calling Master Farad Muhammad God. Mm. And he said, wait a minute, all black men are God. Mm. And so he he changed. They, they weren't wearing suits anymore. You know, they're just being just what they, you know, however you dress is how you dress. Now you're God. There's this sacred alphabet now. Every number means something. Yeah. You know, it, be, it becomes very elaborate. And I remember as a kid, I really connected with that because I always felt that there was such a separation between man and God in the church as a child. That's how I felt. Like, yeah. why is God so far away? What do yeah. you mean? And, and Jesus was perfect. How can I relate to perfection? I don't even know what perfection is. I don't know what that looks like. You know, it made as a kid, those were some of the questions I had. And so they had an answer, which was, no, you're not far from God. God's inside of you. Look in the mirror. Mm. You know, if and God, that, that's actually like a Christian philosophy also. That mm, God mm. is always inside of you. That's powerful. Mm. And, I, and it's interesting because, you know, Christianity is so diverse. You know, yeah. even though I'm a Christian, we're Christian. You meet everyone has like. You know, they debate over the Trinity. They debate over so many things. And so it's so it is powerful to me that there are certain groups of Christianity that, that do honor that, because I think that also helps us see divinity in each other. Yeah. You know, and I and they used to tell it to me, like in the five percenters, you should say, look, you have a big block of cheese and then you cut off a little piece of that cheese. It's, it's still, still cheese. Exactly. Preach. You know? So Preach. that was that's what that's what the five percenters were talking about. Okay. But one thing I so did. So what, what does being a god as a man? What does that mean? You're the well, you're the ruler of your own destiny. Yeah. What, what, from, from a five percenter standpoint, it means exactly that. Um, five percenters, from my experience, are very much against spookism. You know, spookism. so all the stuff I deal with now, five percenters wouldn't deal with. But that's they, called spookism. Spookism. Like they don't trying like, to communicate they don't with spirits. They don't like ghosts. They don't like any. They don't believe God is a spirit. They don't watch Casper. <laughs> no, they don't believe in any of that stuff. They believe we are the the God. You know, there's no, there's nothing to pray to but ourselves. Really? Yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't, I've never seen a five percenter. Just a lot of aliens and stuff. Oh yeah, I, they they can go anywhere that direction. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but. It was empowering, but one thing I, as a child, that I couldn't connect with was a lot of the five percenters I was around smoked a lot of marijuana. Okay, you know, and I come from Christians that were like no marijuana, no marijuana. nation of Islam, no which, alcohol, which is funny in today's no world, right? And then going to the five percent, I'm like marijuana. You know, yeah. I'm like if we're God, why do we need it? Yeah. You know, that's how I felt at that age as a as a fourteen year old. Like, why do I need that? To, to make me feel a certain way if I'm God. God like, can I make yeah. my can can I make myself I mean it depends on why they are smoking it though. Yeah, exactly. Like the Ethiopians I, I'm sorry, not the Ethiopians, like the Rasta. Rasta. They they believe 
it, uh, what they call it, is it the commune or something yeah. that they all gather and smoke and that's a form of worship right worship Absolutely. you know but other people just like smoke to get high and everything yeah. and i can kind of like relate to that story you just said like why this if you told me this i remember you know uh, my mother especially and just like growing up in nigeria the whole nigerian society like criticizing people who smoke cigarettes right. like if you smoke cigarettes, that means you you are you are a cultist, which is a word we use in Nigeria. Uh, you are a bad person, blah blah blah. And I remember being like eight years old or seven years old and seeing someone who wore glasses smoke a cigarette, and it just messed me up because right. I believe that everyone who wore glasses was a gentle person, right. was meek, <laughs> and the person was smoking the cigarette. Like, how is this possible? Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it just goes to show that you know. And it'll just be interesting, like, when I have kids, I don't know, like, every kid is different, so you raise them differently, but I don't know, sometimes our parents didn't just want us to get into trouble, but some of that stuff, like, really shaped our thinking when we are much younger. Oh, big time. Whether or not, you know, I know everyone, like, had the opportunity to, like, unlearn some of that stuff, like, right. some people just became stuck in your ways or whatever. Yeah, and growing up, you you learn you learn that things aren't so black and white. You know, exactly. as, a, as a child, I'm like, oh, bad people, thugs smoke weed, bad people smoke weed. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, even like facial tattoos. You know, growing up, I'm like, oh, thugs tattoo their face. And then I, then I see grandmas from Ethiopia that have their face tattooed in a religious way. And I'm like, oh, mm. I didn't know that was a thing, you know? So, yeah. you know, so you get out of the black and whites, but as a young person, I used to say, well, why do you need that? You know, because I didn't know the divinity of the plant, you know, and how a lot of things can become poison if you abuse it. Mm. You know, marijuana is an amazing plant. It does amazing things for pain, all sorts of things. But at that time, all I saw was people that were just always smoking it, w waking up, smoking it, eating, you know, lunch, breakfast, dinner. You know, it wasn't like a sacred ceremony. But let me ask you a question about the five percenters. So I understand, you know, the philosophy of, you know, every man is a god. You pray to yourself, avoid spookism, all those things. But how do they function as a group? And this is to the best of your knowledge, because I, I feel like maybe you haven't been practicing that. No, for a, while. for a very long time. As a group, do they have like a gathering, like a church, what they do? Like they have practices like fasting? Well, it was interesting like because um, sort of like how Christians have gospel music, mm. a lot of the five percenters had code in hip hop. Really? Yeah, so we yeah, a lot of just, codes in hip hop generally. A lot of codes, you know, peace, God, you know, Allah is not a spook nor a ghost. You know, we like, it was like all these like things because they worship mathematics. You know, really? mathematics is like a, it's, it's this divine thing. You know, Wait, they the, say the five percenters worship mathematics. In a, in a, yeah, yeah, they do. Do we have a lot of professors <laughs> or researchers? Because if you worship mathematics, I'd imagine you damn near have to be like the best. Well, they the don't. Best. They don't really worship it in that way. It's not like they're always calculating math. It's more mm -hmm. like they worship the numbers themselves. Each number has a meaning, you know. And so, you know, for the date, like, like the date, like I said, today's three, three, three. For example, they would mm -hmm. say, you know, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. This would be like a triple understanding day. You know what I mean? Where so each one has it's like a divine code. Like one is knowledge, two is wisdom. You know, four is culture, five is five is power. You know, so they had this thing, and it was very, it was very attractive to me as a as a kid. But yeah, as far as getting together as a group, we would just always freestyle. I, we'd be rapping in the basement. Oh, and really? all the all the music that we was into, like Wu Tang Clan, yeah, Buster Rhymes, Nas, Jay Z, all these people. Uh, all these people had five percent. It was five percent or gospel, mm -hmm. you know. What I'm saying? Like, so Lord that was kind of it was everywhere. It was like everywhere you walked was five percent, you know, 
culture everywhere. And you grew up in Denver. I grew up in Denver. And there's so huh. much. But like, I've always been one of those people that always sort of attracts whatever is kind of on the edge. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like most people in Denver that I knew weren't five percenters. Tell me about but, it. But I ran into the few that were. Aware. And some of them, some of the five percenters every once in a while would have a gathering where they would drum and things like that. Mm. But it was very, it was very loose. There wasn't a lot of, it's not like pouring water to your ancestors, like the stuff I do now. You yeah. know, it was more like, oh, we just meet up drum. We go, and then we talk, We they call it building. Like we get together and just build on the books we've read and things like that. But, the, that. but as, a, as a kid, it also bothered me their, their perspective on women. You know, mm. um, you know, being that it's kind of I guess spawns from Abrahamic sort of roots. You know, women is that lesser or what? Yeah, because the women aren't gods in the five percent. Uh, they are not gods. Mm-hmm. If you call a woman a god, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. And numerologically, when the, the way they deal with the numbers is the man is god. He's seven. The woman is six. And so the woman is supposed to revolve around the man. She's the moon. The man is the sun. Uh, in, 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 and in theory, that you can have as many planets revolving around you as as the God needs. <laughs> and, I re- and I remember, I wait, remember. Wait, wait, does this mean you could keep multiple partners? Absolutely. Oh my God! As long as you're, as long as you're a God, and you can maintain. If you can maintain, oh, you know what I'm saying. Goodness. You can have, and it used to scare the crap out of me because uh, I was 16 years old. I, I can imagine who, who came up with that. I can, I can only imagine yeah. how that philosophy. Yeah, was. I was like 16 years old, and and the God, you know, this mm-hmm. dude, he would he would invite me downstairs, like, bro, the Earths are down there. So they call the women the Earths. Okay. So men are God. The women revolved around us. We're the Earth. I mean, they're, they're the Earth. They're the Earth. Okay. And the men. So you know. You know, the man is the teacher, the woman's supposed to listen, these things, you know. Um, but it contradicted my experience because in my family, mm. the women were the one who were gods. Mm, you they know, were the ones. It was the, they were the ones. holding down the household. Mm. They were cooking. They were teaching. Mm. They were prayer warriors. And then the men were just kind of lost, mm. you know, but they would kind of revolve around the woman coming to get a meal every now and again, or they would disappear, you know, go to work, come back. So I had a very different experience. And I couldn't really connect with that aspect of it. So it kept me from really marrying that tradition. Also, their anti-spookism to, for me didn't work because all I did was see spooks everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In my experience. Okay, wait, wait. T- talk to me about that a little bit. So you had experienced Christianity with your mom, uh, the nation of Islam with your stepdad, and five percenters from like your uh, best friend's father. Right. So right. how did those three religions did you ever confide in people within those three religions about what you experienced, you know, seeing ghosts and things like that? And how did they respond? Yeah. Um, so it was almost like they didn't have anything to say about those things. All they, three of they them? They couldn't really relate. So in Christianity, they would say, oh, just go pray, baby. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, they would just go pray, go, go pray. And, uh, and it'll go away. And when they were in the nation of Islam, they would just say, oh, it's in your mind. You know, you just, Stop You have an overactive imagination, you know. Let me ask this. Did you ever experience anything? So I can understand maybe seeing things and some people might say that's in your mind. But did you experience things levitate or like a physical touch from someone you know wasn't there? Yes. Or yes. teddy bears moving and things All like that? All that stuff. Really? Everything you give mentioned. Me, give me one instance. Everything you mentioned. Um, I used to I used to hear knocks on the door sometimes. 
I go open the door, no one's there. No Jehovah's Witness, no salesman. No Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. Which I've been exposed to too, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Every religion I've probably went through. Um, But because I didn't, anyway, I'll go back to that. So I've also laid, I've been laying down before and I've been touched. Open my eyes, no one was there. I've been restless before and felt like restless, like can't sleep, like insomnia Mm. and just rolling, tossing and turning. And I've seen like maybe a light or like a gentle, almost like an angel type presence come and just wash over me and comfort me until I went to sleep. Things like that. Things that no one could explain around me. Um, I would, I would, sometimes I would dream about the future and then that future would happen or I'd see what someone was wearing. Really? Um, I would, um, I would be woken out of my sleep by certain entities that you could say were attached to dolls you know, certain dolls, like in my experience, some of the worst spirits on the planet are attached to like Barbies, brats, anything. You, you know any, what? Yeah. You you know what? I'm sorry to cut you short. No problem. Like those people listening from Nigeria probably know a church called MFM, the Mountain of Fire. It's like a church, a popular church in Nigeria. And they used to say those things that mm. some of these products being made are invoked with spirits and things to make them sell more. So the G.I. Joes are mm. invoked with anger spirits. That's why when you give them to little boys, they become wow. aggressive and angry. Wow. And the Barbies are invoked with like marine spirit. And, you, and they sell this thing and it never really used to make sense. Wow. And I'll just that I just used to chalk it up where okay they are Christians, they have enemies on the other side. Right. They're trying to put down everyone talks bad about the enemy. That's right. fine. Right. But hearing it from you now, it's kind of like, huh? So there's, I guess there's no smoke yes. without a fire. Like yeah. there's some, there's some people that have had some experience that. Um, with that. I've, ex- <clears throat> it's been some of the worst energy on the planet in dolls, in dolls that you would get from like Walmart. So like you know, Chucky and all those Chucky, things. All that stuff has an origin. These Annabelle, these porcelain dolls are terrible. Mm. You know, they're very, they have very bad energy. And just, and, and when you were talking to me about the Nigerians and what they were saying, it hit home. So, cause that's exactly how it feels. I, but although there are dolls that are okay, the problem, the problem is that we live in a time where we believe in intent more than, uh, the container of what we've intended. So there were times when we used to honor what we put, the, for example, look at frankincense and myrrh. Mm. Two very divine, holy containers. You know, these are these are things that just within themselves are a prayer. You know, when you burn it, it creates a holy sort of aroma. Nowadays, someone to light a cigarette and just or not even say a cigarette. Let's say uh, someone can pretend to blow on you and say, hey, it's holy, you know, because you believe it. But that's a that's a newer way of thinking, you know, mm. and it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me because in my experience, certain things have a natural uh, sort of vibration before we put an intention on them. So those dolls are already bad before you intend it to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. there's certain plants and things that give off very positive vibrations. Positive vibration. You know, for example, rag dolls. Rag dolls are neutral. They don't give off anything. Really? Not, not nothing at all. They don't give off anything. But then these plastic, these bastardized, toxic, you know, because a lot of the plastics they use to make these Barbies and things, they used to make people sick when they chewed on the legs and stuff. They have, they're made out of very toxic chemicals. 
you know, so it, within their body, there is like a perverse almost nature, you know, and then you add a spiritual nature on top of that. Well, what is it going to attract? It's not going to mm. attract div- divine things. Now, if we were making dolls out of quartz, you know, and sacred gems, it, it, it'd give off a very divine sort of, you know, for pure gold statues. Or, Maybe that doesn't you know. the capital. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, at the it end doesn't. of the day, everyone yeah. still worships money. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Different exactly. religions, but everyone, more or less, most people in the world pray to money. Yeah. And, and what we, we do and everything, we all activities. And since we live in a time where we're cut off from the energetic nature of things, mm. you know, only a very select few can feel things. Everybody, like, you're just crazy. You're just nuts. You need help. Go get a... Go get acupuncture or something. <laughs> Wait, talk to me about one specific doll experience. What happened? I want to. I want to know. I've had a ton of that doll experiences. Um, it so it started actually, which is interesting. Uh, it's an interesting story. So I, my stepdad was. I told you he was crazy. So I moved out of his house with some friends, and in that household, I had a grandmother that had passed away, a uh, great grandmother, and. Um, I started, that's when I, so I started working with the Orisha, you know, the Nigeria, the Yoruba, from the Yoruba tradition, mm-hmm. you know, these certain spirits, because I would dream about them all the time. And I didn't even know who they were. Okay. You know, I dream about Oshun. Or what would you see? So I would, so for example, I would be asleep and I would be in a big ocean. Okay. And I'll say, what the heck is going on? And there would be this huge presence. She would say, hey, my name's Yemiya. You know, she said her name. She would say, her, of course, I didn't I didn't understand her at first because she wasn't speaking. She was speaking Yoruba or what I believe to be Yoruba. And okay. I don't understand Yoruba. But by the end of her of her talk, she, I heard her name and she would tell me she showed me in the vision when I was asleep. She showed men chopping down trees and destroying nature and things like that. and All these buildings and cities erecting. And she told me, she said, the, the paths of men have become too many. We will prevail. So I took that as nature talking through her. Wait, how old are you? I am 38. No, how old were you when you were having these dreams? Oh, I was about 20. Hmm. Okay, so you're mature. Yeah, I was much more mature. Mm. And I started having these. But I didn't know who these, I didn't know who they were. Mm. You know, like, so I'd have these visions. I would go over and Google it and some Orisha would pop up, you know. And so I'm like, wow, what is this? So I ran into this woman who started teaching me how to cast something called Obi segments. It's when you throw the coconut shells and mm. you look at it. What'd you call it? Obi. Obi segments. Okay. And so um, I learned, she taught me that, she, she showed me this list of the prayer, how to say, the Omi Tutu, Tutu, you know, you know, uh, you, you go through all the, you know, um, the different prayers and you throw the shells. And so uh, the, I felt like the shells, because I was new. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just starting. I felt like they were telling me that I needed something of my grandmother on my altar. How did you get that feeling? Was it something your gut? No, this wasn't really. This wasn't mind. really a feeling. Um, so when you throw the shells, you get different patterns. You know, mm-hmm. one of them was like. So one of them, if they're like, if one of them means no. One means definitely. One means like maybe yes. You know. So I asked. I said, "Do I need something of my grandmother's on this altar?" It said yes. You know, the way I threw the shells. So are I said, "You are speaking English?" Yes. Okay. I'm speaking English. Um, and so I went down to my great grandmother's house who had passed away and I asked my aunt, I said, can I have something of hers to, you know, take with me? I didn't tell her why, cause she wasn't into that world. And so she's like, no, everything's mine. You know, that's my mom. You're not going to get anything. I was like, ah, really? So she shuts the door and I just hopped over the fence in the backyard. I'm like, shoot, this is my great grandma. You know, she would want me to have something. 
So it's funny that you said doll because it started with a doll, you know. So I found this little doll, you know, this little, it looked like a clay doll, maybe some sort of little clay doll. Mm-hmm. I brought it home and I put it on the altar. And that night I had the worst experience ever. It felt like spiders and just blood and just nastiness was just all over me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it was thrown on me with a bucket while you were asleep, while I was asleep. That's what it felt like okay. when I woke up, nothing was there. And so I'm just screaming, ah, ah, freaking out. And, you know, my friends busted in. They're like, what's going on? One of them had a gun. You know, the other one's like, you know, you're messing with them demons, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but my sensitivity, that was the first time I realized, because after they shut the door, I, I could feel it. Almost like, you know how you get close to a fire and you can feel heat? Mm. That's how I am with objects. Mm. And I could feel this evil coming off of this little doll. Wow. And so at first I was... But like, it was on the altar. It was on the altar. So that couldn't... You, you hadn't felt that in front of the altar before? It was No, I've never felt evil before. I see. You know, I felt pure evil for the first time. You know, or what... What, what I call period. Wait, where did you find the doll exactly? What the part doll, of the house? It wasn't in the house. So outside. I, yeah, I wasn't allowed in the house to get anything. Okay. It was in the backyard. You hopped so, over the fence. Yeah, and it was tucked in a little corner of the Did of, it feel the like it was planted there deliberately or you felt like, was it like in a kind of position? Or? It's weird. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I I didn't feel like it was. I just felt like it because I'd, I'd seen, I'd known her my whole life, you know, mm. and I never saw the doll there. Uh, yeah. How do you know it was hers? That was what I was going to ask. That's a good question. To this day, I don't know if it was hers, <laughs> but I, it was the only thing I saw that I could take. You could take. Okay. So I took it. So that's a good point. I've never considered that it wasn't hers. Mm. So, I, but I took it, put it there and that's the first time. And ever since then, it's, it's almost like having that experience busted my senses open to where I could feel this evil resonating from other things. Without consulting, like without uh, throwing the clay yes. or anything, just Everything walking off to something. Wide open. You wide can just open. Feel on the, now, now, so if you want to buy a car, you can feel if the previous owner of that car. It's, no, ex, it's different. It's, you know? it's, it's not like that. It's, it's <clears> almost like it has to have there's certain pre. There's certain objects that I get it from. Paintings, statues, certain dolls. Paintings, statues, and dolls. Certain dolls. Now, not every painting, Mm. but some paintings. Can can that just be like the awe of art or something? Like, oh, wow, this is such a beautiful painting. No, I'm I'm talking about the evil. Mm. You know, the evil I get... I, I get from certain paintings. I can feel it from any time those plastic dolls are around, or porcelain, old porcelain dolls, um, and then certain certain statues. And and my theory is that it's because of what they're made out of. Mm. And I think some of it has to do with perhaps capturing the, the subconscious of the artist as well. So if the artist, because, you know, we live in a world where we're very aesthetic. We're like, oh, that appeals to me. I'm going to take it home. We don't consider what kind of spirits could be attached or what it could attract. Or, I, or you know, a lot if, of us if we don't. Start, if we start doing that, we'll probably stop going to a couple of places. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop going to Walmart. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> because Walmart, even without being spiritual, some of their products also look evil. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is so bad. Why would you guys put this on the shelf? <laughs> Absolutely. But still, I digress. <laughs> But it's interesting that we're talking about this because it's, this is also how I got into herbalism. Mm. But wait, wait, before you tell me about how you got into herbalism. So after the five percenters, because you said you were 20 yep. when you were yep. you know, experimenting with all this. Yep. And, you know, you were 12 when you left uh, Islam. So yep. 
Is it safe to say between 12 and 20, that was like the 5 percenters phase, and from 20, that's when you started? No, not exactly. So about from 12 to about, because I started I started shying away from the 5 percenters um, because my best friend's mother broke up with the guy. Okay. You know, oh, they so were just dating. They were, they were just married. dating, okay. and, and he, he took all his 5% culture with him. Okay. Um, but And she became a Jehovah's Witness, the mom. You know, she went wow. back to her roots. That's where she, and that's where she stayed, you know, to this day. Why, why are people... This is a question. I don't know if you might have an answer to it. I'm sorry to cut you short. No worries. Why is it that people always seem to be looking for something within religion without looking inward? Like yeah. you, you, like you said, you know, when uh, Wazir wasn't, when Henry was chosen over Wazir, a lot of people left. Right. Like people always seem to, oh, you know, you see people were Muslim for five years and became Christian <laughs> yeah, and right. became this. Even within Christianity, where Catholics first, yeah. they always seem to be going around because it seems like they're looking for something. Yeah. And maybe not a lot of people have looked inward to achieve that level of self-awareness to know their capabilities and just be content like with who they are before yeah. they even they always look for something and even if it's not in religion it's either maybe in alcohol or weed or something like yeah. something external to themselves yeah. to influence them like they don't believe in their own ability as humans or something i agree with that i, I don't know i think i think some of it's personality based mm. you know because i know some people that whatever they were taught by the age of four seems like they just stick That's to it. that their whole life they don't preach they don't question anything it's just there then you have these free-spirited people that are always looking for something more perfect you know? <laughs> which, which never which, it never exists which never is no it, it's not, it doesn't exist yeah but it feels like they're trying to find some sort of perfection and when they find something that looks like perfection they're there and then when they see oh there's hypocrites here too then they go to <laughs> another place because <laughs> there's hypocrites everywhere. Matter yeah. of fact, they're they're in every religion because what's the religion there for? It's a healing space. So yeah. you're going to attract people that love divinity, but you're going to attract people who are involved in a lot of evil, yeah. trying to find a way out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like religion creates a matrix, you know, a culture for you to kind of kind of bounce your values off of. And I don't think everyone has because because I. I was born very knowledgeable about what to stay away from in life. I didn't need religion to say, don't do drugs, don't be a whoremonger. Was that you because know? you were aware and to see the effects of those things in people around you? I think that, um, um, well, my personal theory is that some people, I believe in multiple lives. Okay. And I believe that perhaps... One of my theories is that perhaps I've already lived that life before. Mm. And I came here and said, that didn't get me anywhere. So at a young age, I was not into anything that I felt would take me off. So, you, so you didn't need like a lot of discipline as a not kid? Not at all. Nothing? No. I've probably been spanked like three times in my entire life. Wow. Yeah, I, I was that, very... That's like a daily... I was, <laughs> I was very obedient. Okay. I did. And that's why... And that's why a lot of people were confused in certain religions. Like, what do you mean you're not a Muslim anymore? You act like one. Or, you know, what they would think. What do you mean you're not calling yourself a Christian? You act like a saw. I can be around any religion. Mm. People are like, now that's how you want to do. Because I'm, no, I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. smoking. And I'm not addicted. To yeah. You know, I never had those tendencies. Yeah. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't my demon. Uh, but I feel like, I feel like some other people that struggle with those things, because I used to be a big debater. You know, I'd be like, why do you believe in Jesus? How do you know he's real? Da, da, da. But I stopped doing that when I realized what some people were doing before. 
know, you know, like, man, if you knew what I, I used to kill people. Oh, oh, no, you stay right where you are. <laughs> if Jesus got you to stop killing people, you stay right stay where, where you, you are. are. For me personally, it's an interesting discussion because this Friday I'm going to get initiated into Ifa. And I always thought I was someone who couldn't ever settle with a religion. And the only reason I'm settling with Ifa is because I feel like how do you know you're settling? Like you, you've been you've you've been thought you settled with Islam. You've been thought you settled with five percent. That's true too. You've been thought. Like, right. How do you know you're right. going to be here seven years from now? That's true. I don't. But what I do think is that um, I have an understanding around religion that's different. Now. Mm. You know, like when I used to be in church, I used to sit there and I used to say. How do I know this preacher is telling the truth? Or I think I saw a contradiction or I would, you know, I sit there and I judge because there was never a Christian person in the church who knew how to talk to a free thinker. You know, it mm. seemed like it seems like they repel all the thinkers instead of embracing, embracing them. them. You know, they don't say, hey, there's other people like you and mm. you can still read. You can still study the Bible and that, still that went against the doctrine. I it guess. went against the doctrine. And mm. and I felt like if people explained it to me differently and said, hey, you know, you can read this Bible and interpret it, you know, and just talk to the pastor about it. But you're not God's not going to destroy you for interpreting it your way mm. too. you know, like just creating more room. Um, because now I also see religion almost like how, like you wear a shirt, you know, some people just take the religion of their parents because that's the team, you know, we're the Christian team and that's what we wear, you know, and if I start speaking against that, that's disrespectful. It's like me taking off the team uniform, mm -hmm. you know, and another thing that used to confuse me with Christianity was how I felt in the Old Testament, you know, God was pretty violent. And, and once again, since I was one of those people looking for something quote unquote perfect, right? Yeah. I did, and, I, and growing up with a very overbearing, dominant father, mm -hmm. I connected the Old Testament God with my stepdad. Oh. And so I was like, man, I don't want this fire and brimstone mm. God who is jealous. You know what I mean? You know, they say God's a jealous God, all that fun stuff yeah. in the Old Testament. But then I got older, and now that I'm more, I because now I consider myself more of a nature hippie or you know herbalist earthy whatever yeah, i honor nature but, the right but, city. but then it's interesting because i got to certain deep conclusions later on with one of one of which is that first of all you can't go somewhere um expecting something that it can't give you you know what i mean that's Wait, that's the you can't go somewhere expecting something that it can't, can't give you so you expect. can't so you can't go to fire expecting cold Oh. So why would I go to church expecting them to understand a free thinker? Mm. You know what I mean? That's not what you're there for. You're there to praise. You're there to pray. You're there to hear some mm. inspiring words and then leave. It's not there to settle your free thinking philosophies because mm. it's not built in that manner. Mm. Not not most churches, you know. And so that was one thing I learned. The second thing I learned is that a lot of Christians, because my mom used to always say, God is love. You know, God is True. love, Montague. And I said, like, well, how is God love if he's killing all these people in the Old Testament? Well, right? some, that well, has to be my, you, my argument. Yeah, and you ask some Christians and they'll say the Old Testament was like Abrahamic religion and that's why Jesus came. Came and, and made it different. Yeah. But one thing, so I've made, but I made peace with it in two ways. I felt like people, one thing I felt, and this is, you know, kind of out there, but I felt like Christians use the Bible as a symbol to worship love. It's like to channel love through it, to but that they're not love. to, you know, cause they would say God is love, but God never calls himself love. Is in the Bible. love. And this is, right. I don't know what the right. answer is. Love a noun is love a thing is a substance or it is the manifestation. Right. Of yeah. Something else. I, I think that love in the way that a lot of Christians tell me is more of like a, 
it's it's like an emanation. It is emanates from God. It's, it's yeah, like, it's like, exactly. It's like, it comes with the manifest. Exactly, it's just like happiness. Like right. you, you don't find happiness. Right. You produce. You right. Produce and channel. If but, that makes sense. But this love God, I don't believe is. I don't think a lot of Christians necessarily identify with the Old Testament God. Mm-hmm. You know, but that. But if because if they did. God would be very different. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, talk, talk, talking about the Bible was written by King James. You know, exactly. Le- right, LeBron, too, LeBron right. wrote the Bible. Right. So, right. like, right. It, it, it's easy to see how someone, you know, pick and chose. Like, exactly. Just like how I'm, how I'm curating my podcast. And just imagine if someone grew up listening to only my podcast. Right. They wouldn't know that there are podcasts out there about crime. Right. Or podcasts about relationships. Or right. podcasts about entertainment. So just think all podcasts about culture or experience. Because I'm curating, yeah, and uh, no, the Bible, like, like Jesus never sat down. He had experiences with people who wrote about him, right. but he didn't write the Bible. That's right. So that might be it. That so, could be it too. So there are a lot of explanations. But, but, but I, like, fe- I just always felt like the Bible itself is a tool to channel love through mm-hmm. it, but that it's not necessarily calling upon that God of vengeance that's in there. I don't mm-hmm. think most Christians have that warrior spirit, like. Let's go. I mean, sure, there have been cultures that do have that, but then there's another side to it. This side to it. The other side to it is that if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a quote unquote, maybe in some ways a nature worshiper in some ways, mm-hmm. you know. And so, as much as I love the ocean, the ocean kills people sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, the ocean's beautiful, but people drown, people get lost at sea, mm-hmm. all these things. So why in the world would I expect for a god not to have destructive tendencies? You know, not to be able to destroy as much as he built. Like, why, why, why in my youth did I say, oh, God has to be all loving and all, you know, this and that, mm-hmm. when actually there's nothing in nature that doesn't have a destructive side, side. to it, mm-hmm. you know? And so that helped mm-hmm. me make peace with Christianity. You know what I mean? Like, because because now I can't throw that as a debate anymore. I can't say, well, your God had bears eat little children for making fun of a prophet. And you again, know, some, some of those things, you know, you have to also be cognizant of the time when the Bible was written. This was like thousands of years ago. So this is not to say I know anything about God's personality or right. if he is bad or not. But I felt some of those things were done by man and just say it was good. Just, that's kind of like the 5% teaching saying that the earth, I can have as many earths <laughs> as I want so I can keep as many literature. That was just one person's, you know. So that was a time, that was right. probably a time when, just like Denver, maybe 300 years ago. Right. Denver 300 years ago as a city will be worried about the basic things. How do we provide water to the city? Right. How do we provide food to the city? How do we provide, I don't know, roads to the city so people to move around? Those three basic things. As things started to get better, there are now, there's now food, there's now water. Maybe 100 years later, like, okay, how do we provide banking services to the city? Right. Things started to get better. 100 years later, how do we provide yoga to the city? Right. So, But they were living in a time where the earth wasn't, I won't say the earth wasn't fully formed, but society and culture didn't have the structure it has now. Right. The society now took thousands and thousands of years to get where it was. So, Fighting those wars, living lawless in some places, the king having ultimates because democracy was such a foreign concept and right. it couldn't be practiced, and just chalking it up to God. Yeah, God wants us to take over that city <laughs> because we have to go fight and kill people in that city and take That's it right. over so we don't get killed. That's right. And that was just a way of the king rationalizing and knowing that people will follow him That's right. like when he said God. So, like, I don't know. These are just 
it's no, interesting to bounce these things off you because you know you don't get to think about some of these things right you know in detail and you were just born and here's the bible start reading right and right and that right. doesn't remove you know my christianity i still right. believe in jesus right but, like some of those things you don't get to and that's the dangerous about. thing about telling people to come to god is it's very vague mm-hmm. you know like just come to god you're like what what is what do you mean you know what is it oh just come to church you'll figure it out mm-hmm. but if you're a free thinker it's not going to come to you easily mm-hmm. When I was a child, they used to tell me I would, I would just to just, they tell me be Christian and I'll figure it out when I die. That's what they would what? tell me. Cause I would say, you know, I would ask all those kids. I didn't realize I was being disrespectful, but I was as a child asking them, you know, well, obedient why? guy being disrespectful. Yeah. I was being disobedient. I was, I was, <laughs> I was a bad child asking these questions. I was saying, why would God put the, the tree of good and evil right there? You know, so accessible. Yeah, like all that and right there. <laughs> or why would why would God create the snake in the first place if He created all? Or if He knew how the story was going to end? You know, because they'd always propose this all-knowing, you know, yeah. God. They didn't say that. They didn't. They didn't pose it that God had an equal match against equal the devil. Because if it was an equal match, that's different. I can say, well, God didn't know. You know, what I'm <laughs> you know what's funny? Like that's also something I used to think about. I used to think that if God knows exactly how the end of the story would be, right? Why not just blow the trumpet now and just like <laughs> you know that eighteen thousand six hundred and forty-two people are right. going to go up to heaven? Exactly. Why not just blow? The, but my my thinking change of all things when I watched Bruce Almighty, mm. like when I was like still a teenager, mm-hmm. and that film with Jim Carrey and uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yep. Bruce Almighty, I remember when he had all the power and he was trying to make her love him, yep. but he couldn't, That's even right. though he could control the moon mm. and control all those things. So free will is still a thing. That's right. Like no, that's why everyone has the ability to practice a religion or to say I don't want to love God. That's right. It's still a thing. So maybe in a sense, like given the fact that human beings still have free will, mm-hmm. so even though Again, you know, I'm not a pastor or anything. Like, God is all-knowing and everything, but still gives us the ability to make a choice. And what he can do is just try to influence it, but we still make, like, the ultimate choice. Yeah, and I've talked to some circles, because um, I used to study, after the Five Percenters, I was studying a lot of the Egyptology-based stuff. You know, so this was of, between when you were... So this is between, so so when I was, uh, so we'd say the Five Percenter phase lasted like 12, 12 to... Like twelve to sixteen ish, okay. and maybe sixteen to eighteen or whatever. I was okay. studying Egypt. So right. I was like, "What was the original black?" You know, I got into like Afrocentric black. And I was like, "What mm. was black people? When were we at the top? When did we have it all figured out?" Yeah. And um, and I kept coming across these books. I was saying it was Egypt, also known as Kemet. And so Kemet. I met Kemet, uh, mm-hmm. Kemet, which meant I believe land of the blacks. Okay. And so Kemet has these amazing pyramids. They don't know how they made still to this day, these amazing hieroglyphs. Yeah. And um, I was reading a lot of black literature that was saying that this was the pinnacle of black societies when we were in Kemet before the fall, before, um, before uh, northern invaders started taking us out. And so I started mm-hmm. studying this book called the Meru Netter, M-E-T-U-N-E-T-E-R, written by a guy named Shechem or Shechem or Ra'un Nefer Amin. And really getting into a lot of Egyptian gods, mm-hmm. you know, trying to understand that. But then I was, then I felt pulled more to some of the African stuff, and that's how I ended up doing like Egypt is African stuff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Egypt is African stuff, but I mean more West African. Gotcha. You know, more West African things, and um, and that's when you were twenty, and you know, trying to look for your grandmother right. stuff. Yeah, and, and then got like busted that. open, and then I had these gifts. I had to learn how to maneuver, mm. um, and then come to find that a lot, I was kind of. You could say cursed or blessed. Either way, I was cursed to 
are blessed to be able to feel the divinity or the evil within an object. Yeah. And so, um, so that's, so that kind how, of, how has that helped you in your everyday life? Um, interact with other humans. Um, well, I mean, I found some uses for it. Like if people, once again, if people feel demons in their house, you mm. know, they'll come to me and they'll say, Hey, they don't tell their friends they come to me. You know, this is, oh, you know, they don't want their friends to think that they're weird. So are you monetizing that skill? Yeah. I've oh, monetized really? it. Um, people come to me once again for readings, you know, if they need a tarot reading or something like that. Um, you know, we pour to their ancestors so to, to call in those energies. Um, we, we do, I do plant walks and herb walks and tree meditations and plant things. walks and herb, herb walks. walks. So like I'll leave people like, cause a lot of people think things in there, a lot of things growing are weeds, mm-hmm. but it's only a weed because you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things are actually medicines that have been forgot. And nothing created on the earth is useless. Exactly. Everything. But we forget that. Mm. We forget that. We we have a tendency mm. to 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 only honor the things that our culture has steered us to honor. Mm. Fame, stardom, TV, you know, paying mm. your bills. Everything else is a pointy great. And nose. Yeah, a pointy nose. <laughs> <laughs> and, so. and that was the that was also the thing I liked about West African tradition. Is that all the gods look like me? You know, I felt like mm. they did. I see a picture of Oshun. She's black with a big nose. You know what I mean? And she, you know, Ogun. All these forces of nature are deified in a way where I can, because I've seen Greek gods before. You know, like you know Zeus and all that. Hercules. You know, yeah, Poseidon, this white man of the water. Mm. But I'd never seen a black man, a black man's face on water or fire or air or something like that. And so it was very attractive to me because white people couldn't steal it. When I was, when I was dealing with the Egypt stuff, all this debate, black people want Egypt, white people want Egypt. Everybody's fighting all the time, but no white people were fighting for Ifa. You know what I'm saying? I what? Really? I didn't feel like, I mean, they, they, oh, they no, oh, okay. yeah, they're not fighting to like, say, not yet. Our tradition. Oh, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ask, ask the yoga people. <laughs> I mean, when I they mean, appropriate that culture, man, <laughs> put I it mean, in apps and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, white people, they, they join Ifa, you know, but they still have to bow to an African God at the end of the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and one of the reasons I felt like it was time for me to, be initiated into Ifa is because I feel like out of the religions I've grown up in, mm. Christianity and Islam, five percenters, Jehovah's Witness, all these different traditions, Ifa is the only one I feel like if I was to reincarnate, it will be through that would understand me. You know, because Christianity didn't understand me. They just said, oh, go pray. Well, prayer didn't work for me. You know what I mean? To, to I had to literally remove the doll from the house. You know what I mean? I, you just don't pray it away like that. So you never felt anything through prayer? Oh, person? no, I do. Right. Or oh, through see, drumming in five percenters? Or... I, I, felt, I felt something in everything. Mm-hmm. The thing that people don't understand is that the spiritual realm is very organized. You know, that, it's, that's it's, true. It's very organized. Nothing manifests in the physical world and there's, first. And there's very the much different dimensions of reality. You know, there's different dimensions, different layers. So what works, it's kind of like if you're, uh, if there's a stain on the table, you know, maybe just a rag with water won't get it up. 
Maybe for this stain, you have to put some bleach on there and then wipe it. Same thing with the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. You know, some demons you can just cast out through prayer. Mm -hmm. But there's other ones that you might need a little extra. Actually, you know, I, you might, I was even in the Bible. You know, you might need some frankincense and myrrh. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You might need, but it, but it, it all depends on where that demonic force resonates from, from, where its power is coming from, you know? And so that's one thing that Christianity could not teach me because that's been removed from Christianity in a lot of ways. I mean, Has it? Really? In, in, in my experience, yeah. you know, in my experience, all the Christians I, I knew, know how deep you get into they, Christianity. Yeah. And I'm sure there's groups that probably do have that. I just never ran into them. I think that's one thing about Christianity, to be honest, like most religions, like some of them start you out hard right away, like right. the nation of Islam. They yeah. open your eyes to the fullest, yeah. like right away. But Christianity is kind of possible to be in there for like thirty years without really and just knowing. stay on the outer skirt. Yeah, yeah just stay the on the like outskirts. So and True. that's not. Really, I don't think that that was like God's intention. Like His intention was for us to get to know Him, like to establish a relationship with Him, mm. like to the fullest. But most Christians are just like in and out, in and out. It's like going to school and never graduating. <laughs> Like you're you're just in school, in school, in school for yeah. you're not getting kicked out. Yeah. You're yeah. not graduating, you're just there. My mom used to call those kindergarten Christians. Mm. You know, because they just stay on the, the bottom level. They never yeah. go to they never go to first grade, second the grade. Second grade. And it's so hard. I'm not I'm not even saying like I'm a, I'm like past like grade four or right. something exactly. in Christianity, but because it's so hard like to, to get a teacher or to even like learn on your own, like so difficult. And yeah, at the same time as you're learning, you're unlearning a bunch of stuff right. that you were taught Absolutely. wrongly in the past. But mm -hmm. let, let's take a left turn a little bit. Yeah. So I've kind of like gotten a sense of who you were growing up, the things that are important to you, uh, uh, culture, religion, uh, what your experiences were. But I, I want to talk a, a little bit about Apothecary. Now, you have a company called Juridon Apothecary. Right. And from what I understand, Juridon means a tree? Yeah, so um, so in my studies, um, once again, I got a blood test um, through Xcode. In mm. Xcode, the results I got back said that I was, that I had a ton of Yoruba blood, mm. and then I had some Mandinka blood. I'm sorry to call you short, but yeah. why is everyone in the West, like every black person in the West, always gravitating to Yoruba? I have nothing against Yoruba. Yeah. I, I'm Nigerian, but like, it's, it's rare to, it's almost like Yorubas have like the greatest PR machine they <laughs> like do. outside of Nigeria. They That's do. the first they like do. culture people identify with. Big time, big time, whether, whether they have Yoruba roots or not, mm. you know, black people resonate with the Yoruba because of how, how it's presented. You know what I mean? Mm. It's presented with these beautiful black gods with all this tradition and this nature tied into it. And like, and like a lot of us are looking for an identity, you know what I mean? We feel like we're just the lowest ranking of like the lowest version of a white person here. You know what I mean? It's like, well, what am I, you know? Yeah. And, a, and, and so they're like, well, I got to get to my roots because we're beat over the head with Christianity. And, and, and we and we're taught that Christianity was given to us through slavery. Yeah. So once we get out of that. Once we get out of that, we say, well, what were black people doing, doing. before Christianity? And the first two things, well, the first thing that pops up that looks very ethnic, you know, and very traditional is the Yoruba religions. They're right here. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. Santeria, the Ifa, the Lakumi, all these religions are right there. So we're like, oh, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's right there. We don't see it. There's not a, there's not a traditional Igbo religion 
that's here, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or whatever other traditions that are there just to get us, you know, because because it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of people that I know went back to Africa, they get disappointed when they see that it's like mostly Christian, you know, that mm. they go back like, oh. I'm going to my roots, you know, I'm going to go get what we was getting before the white men, you know, and they go there like, what are all these Christians and Muslims doing? I mean, it depends on where you go. If you go to a major city, maybe yeah. you know, there are still parts of um, Africa, although there is no predominantly Christian, but still in a large Muslim population and right. larger people believe in a whole bunch of other Different stuff. stuff. But also a lot of us, <laughs> don't have the knowledge that Christianity is older than the white man. You know what I mean? It is. Christianity is older. You know, the, look at the Ethiopians. You know, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, like, when you look at them, you know, their stuff has been around for... Weren't the Jews white? Like, negative. The people who Jesus came to minister to? Weren't, they, <laughs> weren't those guys white? I well, I mean, I mean, if the look at Jesus is described in the Bible... You know, his physical characteristics are Very black. Oh, you know, get into this conversation. He said it says in there his 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 skin was like burnt bronze as if put in an oven. That is dark. You know, like it's bronze put into an oven. Hair like lamb's wool. There's only one people on the planet with hair like lamb's wool. There's Mm -hmm. no there's no if you look at lamb's wool, it's almost kinky. It's a kinky tight, you know, it didn't say like sheepdog, you know, like a or like a coyote. It said like lamb's wool. I mean, what I know is that Jesus is not the portrayal of all these pictures that no. this guy with like woven, no. woven hair. That's not the portrayal of Jesus. And the devil also is not, that's not the real portrayal of him, you know, the, oh, the red, red guy, guy with, with the horns. <laughs> that's not him. So it's, it's all, like right. humans have the innate ability to create, like to make something. Maybe that's what differentiates us with animals. Like like if a lion or a baboon comes here and he sees like there's no food here, like he goes like this place is not conducive for me or my pack. He goes like, but humans have this like even the 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 think about it like the mm. idea of a company. Right. What the hell is a company? It is like you say I am Goldman Sachs. Like what is Goldman Sachs? Just a bunch of people that over time they've reinforced this doctrine that there's something that bans all of us together, we all work for this aim, and people carry that. I'm a staff of Goldman Sachs. Meanwhile, Goldman Sachs is just it's thin air. There's nothing. Right. So right. maybe that's, in some parts, that's what, like, humans have that ability. Maybe that's why some people, like, end up, like, forming these religions, like Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientology, right. not to, you know, say that there's anything wrong with those religions, right. but, like, humans have the ability to create, to storytell. Big to time. make people believe in a doctrine that's right or movements big time and to like give their all to that movement even though that movement is not manifested physically that's right we're very um and it also can manifest as very destructive potential mm. you know as you can see with our wars and how we've treated the planet yeah you know um human beings have an ability to get lost in their creativity mm. and so they can get lost and lose their connection to the earth that's why I'm such a big, in some ways, an earth worshiper, because I feel like it's the earth that keeps us grounded. You know, in a lot of old traditions, there's always like a power animal associated with the tribe or with certain people or certain plants keeping us grounded and rooted in earth. But as man becomes more modern, he can just become whatever he wants. He can mm. destroy whatever he wants, pretend like it's not there. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. and, and he can pretend like he's the greatest thing on the earth, as if the earth was better off without him. I mean, as if the earth is better with him. When actually, the earth was flourishing before man was created, you know? And 
And now that we have this, this destructive creative potential and we've lost touch with ourselves because we're not just destroying the earth, we're destroying our bodies. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't know what's good for us to eat anymore. We don't know when we're being malnourished. A lot of us, when we're, when we're, when we're, when our body's begging for minerals, when our body's begging for water, we'll go eat a cheeseburger. Mm. And the body's like, no, I'm still craving minerals and water. And then we'll eat another cheeseburger because we think that's what the body's saying. We're not in touch. We're not in tune. With, we're not in tune with the and body. So, we're not, not in all. touch with the. We're not in tune with the earth. Not at we're all. We're not in tune with the spiritual world. Not at and all. that's ninety-five percent of human beings. <laughs> exactly. So we normalize. Yes. Not being. We're in like tune. the bumbling toddlers of the planet. Like mm. everything else is established. Lions know who they are, you know, and they're lions, you know, and they're not destroying the earth. You know what I mean? You know, birds, plants, trees, everything else is established. Human beings are like, what are we? Why is there a God? Why is there love? Why is there, you <laughs> well, know, we're just like. <laughs> were, we, were we cursed yeah. with, with intellect? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> is intellect a curse? <laughs> In some ways, especially when you become arrogant in your intellect. We mm. become arrogant. We think we're better than anything we can kill. We chop down a tree. Oh, it must be wood for me. You know, mm. we don't understand how the soil and everything's working. We, we all, ew, nasty bacteria. Clean it up. Yeah. We don't realize that we're made out of mostly bacteria. Yeah. Good bacteria. You know what I mean? Yeah. More than our own cells. You know, we, we, we do all these things without knowledge of self and it destroys, it destroys the planet. And so we need to come to a humble place and say, okay, God, earth, nature, whatever you want to call it, show me how it's done again. Uh-huh. All our technology needs to be built in a way that promotes earth. You know what I mean? Like, hey, that goes against capitalism. It I'm does. just telling it you, does. man. At the end of the day, most people worship money. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, right. you know what? Like, whatever religion is, just hold on first. Yeah. You know, I'll come back to you on Saturday or Sunday. Let me do this Monday to Friday and worship money. It's funny that you say that, though. I ran, In college, I used to debate this guy. He's a white man. And um, he believed that what human beings are doing is very natural. Because I would say it was unnatural that we need to get back to nature. He would say, no, this is natural. He said, human beings are a virus. And he was like, and we need to own it. He said, he said, what we do is we consume planets. And after we're done consuming that planet, the technology evolves to where we're finally able to move to another planet. We consume that planet. And that's and there's enough planets for us to do that. So, so human beings are... Um um, like an illness that the Earth caught. No, sorry. What's what's the name of this dude in Avengers? Oh, Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> Humans are Thanos. But I just couldn't go with his narrative. I couldn't go with his. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't agree with that. But he was saying, no, it's supposed to be all about money. You know what? There, there might to... there might be some truth in that. Cause oh, sure. He, We're acting Elon it out. Musk is trying to move to Mars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everyone might. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's wrong. It's oh, just the, it's just goodness. a narrative. I just. I'm like, well, I'm not. That might be your people, mm. you know. But that is not my people, you know. My people are soil colored, and we're we're gonna fight for the earth, you soil know. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, but I, goodness. I um, you know, it, it was interesting though. In college, though, you meet a lot of different types. Where, of where did you go to college? I went to uh, the community college at Denver. Oh, so my, wow! Like everything was here. You were everything born was here. here. You went to yeah, school I, here. I haven't. I haven't been many places. Um, Have you been outside like I, the U.S.? I, I've been to Haiti. And I've been to Jamaica. Those are the only when two places. When are you places. going to Africa? I need to get there. I need to get there. Well, what, what will be your first country to touch down? 
Man, that's a, that's a good question. There's so many places in Africa that seem interesting. Like Morocco seems very interesting because mm-hmm. they have they have a huge herbal, you know, uh, apothecary, a bunch of herbal shops there that are supposed to be ancient and all that. And then the Moors, you know, what they did with all their technology and their Islam were able to create so much, you know, yeah. through mathematics and things like that. You know, Ghana seems very amazing. Yeah, you know, Ghana's our, different, man. Ghana seems very nice and pro-black and, you know, and like down, you know. But the, it, but the air it, of the return, huh? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and Nigeria, of course, just because of the traditions I I, uh, I work with. Um, Ethiopia seems interesting. So there's a, there's a lot of... South Africa seems awesome. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm also attracted to places where there's English speakers, you know what I mean? Because... Cause it's like, wow, you're way over here, and we speak the same language. You know, let's let's see what let's talk about stuff. You know, gotcha. You know, but um, wait. So y'all, will, <laughs> this is funny, and I'm just no, no, I was no. gonna put this out there. Yeah, like, yeah. y'all willing to communicate with spirits, <laughs> but here, not willing to communicate with French speakers. <laughs> no. <laughs> You know what? I, I am. Uh, I was in Haiti. That was a shot. That was, I was a shot. No, 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 no. No, I, I am willing to speak to French speakers. It's just harder. Mm. You know, so it's just, it's just like, okay, if you speak English, it's easier. You know, it's like we can just yeah. go there and just talk. You I, know I, I mean? don't mind me. I was just trying. Yeah, yeah. To, no, no. It's uh, funny I was, though. I, I know was what trying you're to saying. sensationalize the whole and, thing. And 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 on the spirit side, once again, I didn't ask those guys to come talk to me. Okay. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is something that just happened to this me. Happened. Okay. It happened to me, and I had to learn. How to survive mm. as the only person like me in my world. Your world. You know, in my world, it it wasn't until I was about thirty six where I finally met and I met a Native American woman mm. who had the same abilities that I had. Wow. And she, Wait, you had you didn't experience other kids? No. When I was little, kids were more open. My, me and my sister both had this thing, but my sister, I don't know how. I don't know if she prayed to God. I don't know what she did, but she turned hers off. She doesn't feel that stuff anymore. It's gone. Wow. She's like, oh, yeah, when we were kids, that was there. I used to be pulled out of my body, shown stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's not there anymore. She lost it in her adulthood. She grew out of it. Mm. A lot of kids do. Babies can I think I believe babies can see spirits very easily. If you ever have a new newborn baby, you can see them looking at things in the room that aren't there. They look right over your head. They cry for, you know, all this stuff. But as we get older, it's natural for human beings to become less sensitive. Mm. I think what happened to me was very unnatural. Mm. I think I was busted wide open and that and that I had to learn as someone with this, you call it a disability. Some people would call it an ability, whatever. I don't think you get disability. <laughs> I don't think you get disability checks with those ones, bro. <laughs> you know, no, I don't get disability checks, but it was debilitating. Like imagine trying to go to sleep and just things are always talking or things are walking in the room or great grandma's coming in the room and you don't know what to do, you know, yeah. and no one around you can see it. You know, imagine how f- afraid you would be by yourself. By yourself. Imagine feeling, how feeling much. Imagine no one understood you. How much? No one understood me. Imagine how much school I, I I struggled in school, struggled with work because I was getting no sleep because when the lights go out, mm-hmm. it magnifies the spiritual dimension. Yeah, is there something to that? Like in nature, right? Like light and darkness. Big time. That's a real thing. They're right? two different dimensions. Mm. In light, you know, that's where things become hardened and defined. You can see things. Things are illuminated. You know, there's a sense of, okay, I know something. The dark is the world of mystery, you know, and in mystery, there's a lot of portals, you know what I mean, that that can open up because the possibilities heighten. Even with my daughter, she's having a lot of sensitive stuff right now. How old is she? She's about, she's actually 12. 
And so she's been seeing things and having some, and I was like, man, no, I don't want my kids to have this. You know? want you I don't want them, but I'm glad that I'm well, they have an ally though. But they do, they do have an ally and they also are young enough where they can still grow out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if they're 23 and they're still having this, it's going to be this. It's what they are. And so, but I've had to teach her how to pray, you know, so pray with the lights on, feel what's in the room and then turn the lights off and feel that too. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. So I'm like, so we, you know, do your Allah prayer, you know, pray in the name of Allah, but if it's the most merciful master, blah, blah. Do you feel the spirit? Do you get married do, to a Muslim? I am. I am. My fiance is a Muslim. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but she's not, she's not, once again, not a religious Muslim, but mm-hmm. she follows the same, you know, things that, you know, that I talk about. And, and that's also an interesting thing you bring up. Imagine how weird it is to be like me and date people. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? tell me about it. <laughs> because, I mean, it, it, can, it can be cool. Right? Imagine if I walk to a girl and I just feel evil. I'm like, nope. Yeah. And I felt that I before. To, really? I felt like With a girl? certain women. like. Please tell me I, you, didn't, I, you didn't tell her. Like, no, you I, felt no, evil? I didn't tell, I didn't okay. tell her. Okay. And it's not like the same kind of evil that I feel. from. But I can touch them and I can feel if they're very unhealthy. Just from mm. touching their hand, it's like I get these flashes of like, oh, oh my God, she's, she's stressed out. She has anxiety. She has anger issues. Mm. She needs help. So it's not like evil, but like I can pick up things, you yeah. know, about people from just touching their hands. Interesting. You know, um, but once again, the dark. Did you pick up anything from me today while we shook hands? Oh, man, you, man, you felt good, man. You got a, you got a good vibe. <laughs> yeah, he's just saying that because it's on the podcast. <laughs> we're all, like, man, we're all stressed, bro. <laughs> but yeah, teaching her. Oh, yeah, but even like dating, like some women would be like, what do you mean? How do you know you're not making this up? You know, I ran into a lot of it. So I so I knew early on in life that I would have to marry someone that believed me. What about having sex? Was there a different experience? You know what? That's interesting. Um, there's one woman that I was with. She was pretty sensitive. Um, once again, I'm the most sensitive person I know. But, but she was pretty sensitive. And she would have, um, sometimes she would feel like electric currents when we would be together. She would feel like, you know, um, sexually, she would feel like electricity or something. And it, wow. And she like, told you this. Yes. Like she would have twitches and stuff. She, her fingers would twitch, things like that. You know? So she wasn't just having like a good time. <laughs> she said she never experienced it. Sometimes she would have to stop because she felt like it was too intense. You uh-huh. know, things like that. Um, because I also study Taoism, um, Taoist sexual philosophy. Uh-huh. And Taoist sexual like philosophy. Like Charles Darwin? No, 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 no. Taoism. This is Chinese. Oh, Taoism. Taoism. Oh, T-A-O. T-A-O. T-O, okay. Yeah, T-A-O. Okay. And in Taoism, they believe that when you lose semen, when a, uh, if a man loses one drop of semen, it's the equivalent to a thousand drops of blood. What? Yes. And so, and I remember learning. Always still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but once again, you're not going to feel that way when you're 87. You know what I mean? Um, matter of fact, a lot of older men can't get it in like they used to when they were young because it does deplete them. And there's a lot of athletes that actually don't have sex before a sporting event mm. because it takes away something. Remember, you're packed with enough energy in one ejaculation to populate, you know, several cities. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, you know, so there has to be something going. It's just in America, we don't 
we don't like the thought of it because it feels good, you know, to release. Mm-hmm. But from the Taoist perspective, well, even but even even just in when I was in Chinese medicine school, I was in Chinese medicine school for a little while. Wow. And, Chi- okay, not in China. No, not in China. It was, oh. it was on York Street, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine. I was there for a while, and in our textbook, it had how many ejaculations a man should have based upon his age. And as it and and and, and as it really? gets older, you know, when you start getting in the fifties and sixties, like oh, two times a week. Oh, okay, now uh, it's wait, like, wait, I want to ask for thirties. What's, <laughs> what's the thing? You open, know what? open up your ears, guys. You know, I, yeah, I'd have to grab the book. I don't remember, but one thing I do know is that Taoism takes it a step further, mm-hmm. and a step further meaning that a man should only ejaculate, you know, when he wants to have children. You know, so what they do is they try to teach how a man can harness his seed and hold on to it for as long as he as long as he can and what does it give you it's supposed to give you a longer youth it's supposed to give you uh because a lot of men especially when they start getting to an age where they start feeling depleted after that they don't have as much as a zeal for life you know they they're tired they roll over and go to sleep yeah you know because the mineral because you do lose a lot of zinc and some minerals during that process Mm -hmm. and so through the Taoist philosophy, they try to teach you how to have something called a valley orgasm, a valley as a, as opposed to a peak orgasm. Mm. They through the practices and the meditations, they try to teach you to separate the orgasm from the ejaculation, so that mm. you can have an orgasm without ejaculating, and 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 so and so that you'll never ever have to feel, even when you're old age, you can keep going, going, and going. You know, because you're not even ejaculating, but you're having all these orgasms that aren't attached to the fluid itself. Because the fluid well, is, is it still fluid. attached to sex? It's still attached to sex, yes. Okay. Although some people claim, and I, I'm not there, but some people claim to get so good to where they can just kind of, I don't know, be in the room with someone energetically and have an orgasm. orgasm. Once again, like, that's, that's not... email an orgasm. Right. <laughs> I'll, te- I'll text you an orgasm. <laughs> but of course, that's not for everybody. Gotcha. And, and since I study a little bit of Ayurveda, too, which is which is ancient Indian sort of health and uh, philosophy. You know, we talk about. Dude, you've been around the world. Uh, yeah, and you my, should you should have a podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I can produce. I, I can produce it. Like, we can we can set something yeah, up. Yeah, man. Let me know, man. Let me know. I'm down. Because um, I definitely don't know how to do it. Um, but in Ayurveda, there's different body types. You know, there's different. Const- they call them constitutions. And so, someone with a with a with a very strong what they call kapha build would be able to ejaculate much longer than mm. someone who has a depleted nature. You know, someone who's thin by nature and very depleted usually and doesn't have as much Isn't that energy. just physiology? Like, Well, so the problem, the, the difference between physiology is that there's oftentimes in physiology, especially Western physiology, there's a one-size-fits-all model. Mm. If you're, if you're, if you're I, over this weight, you're overweight. I can, you know? I can understand. Oh, you have a cold? Take Tylenol, you know, or an Ayurveda. Without, like, considering, like, your body type. Right! Because some people are supposed to be juicy. They're supposed to be big. Mm. You know, and you're telling her, girl, you need to get skinny. She looks sick if she's skinny. She might even start getting sick if she gets skinny. Mm. You know, where some people are supposed to be skinny, and you can kind of, they can kind of gauge it. They can kind of, they feel good in a certain level, and they look good in that particular state as well. Yeah. You know, but this one body shape thing is just killing Americans. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> shout, shout out to Lizzo. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> let, let me peel it back. Uh, maybe we've gone off the rails a little oh, bit. Oh, big time. Let's talk about <laughs> talk about your company, uh, Juridan Apothecary. Uh, apothecary. Now, okay, apothecary well, is, oh, oh. from what I understand, is um, like 
a medicine man, exactly. or something like that, like a dentist, like a medicine man. It's a, it's Jir- a, it's Jir- a, Jiridon Apothecary, and I'm also at uh, at Patreon.com, A Root Awakening. That's my other name. That's another place where I give classes and. And I talk about kind of my experiences and things like that. That's some name, man. A rude awakening. A rude shocking people to, yeah. to open up their third eye. Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> it's it's a root awakening. Uh, so it's a root. So, so it adds the herbal in there, uh, herbal in there too. Because um, just this ties into the herbalism a little bit. One thing that got me into herbalism, there's actually two reasons I kind of got into herbalism. One is because, you know, with all the hauntings and things I was going through, mm. Um, and the dolls and all that creepy stuff. I finally had a teacher that took me to the mountains. We dug up this plant that I brought today. This is called Osha. How how far back was that? This was, uh, man, maybe about seven years ago. Wow! So you had that for seven years? Yeah, I've had yeah had that for seven years. Wow. But we went never rotted or anything. No, this thing lasts forever. This is a root that's going to be around forever and ever. It's one of the most hardiest roots you'll ever find. Okay, you know, packed with all kind of energy. Anyway, it grows ten thousand feet in the mountains. You know, it grows around a lot. It grows around. It also there's also poisonous plants that look very similar. So you have to know which plant that you're going after. You know, it's funny you say this because we're in Colorado, right? Uh, Colorado is like one of um, let me not say one of the whole country. You know, were started by you know Native Americans. You know, and I can imagine them. You know, doing things like this, like going up into the mountains, like to go. I get things of this exactly. nature, things that they think are of value to bring back to their family, to right. make them healthy and things. And now they are looking at people just like hiking. Yeah. <laughs> and like using yeah. it like for entertainment or sport. And, and now, they're just shaking their heads saying like you really don't know the value of why are. this was put there. It's a big issue because <clears throat> um, there's a reason why Native Americans were very secretive about their medicine. Mm. You know, they weren't trying to give that stuff away. Yeah, but what because people don't understand the value of it, or they see money making potential. Yeah, like this plant here is almost extinct. You know what I mean? Because people go harvest all of it and just go start a business. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, or it gets a name for itself, and it, this this plant takes a lot of time to reproduce. What's it called? Osha, Lagusha compratera is a Latin name. Okay, and um, anyway, um, I brought some of this home. And it was powerful because when I turned out the lights to make a, it's a really a long story, but I'm going to tell you this completely short, short version of it is that when I turned off the lights, I felt its power, you know, radiating from the root. And it was just as strong as the, the doll energy, except it was positive. Mm. And I was like, holy smokes, if this plant has that kind of power, maybe there's other plants that do. And so I became... I kept going into all these plants, bringing them inside and this and that. And it tied me into some of those traditions in the old South where they say, carry this root. It'll protect you from this mm. or sprinkle salt here and this and that, because these objects carry power. But you, but it took me, t- it took me till I was way late in the game to so learn. So it's a lot more than chemical reactions. Big difference. Within, you know. Yeah. I mean, once again, this root is a divine entity. Gotcha. It's an it's almost like an angel in like frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. You know, it's an angel in physical form. You mm-hmm. know, and so and those dolls that I'm talking about are demons that in are manifested form. in physical form because of their the materials used because to the materials used to make them. And I'm not going to say once again that what you said might not hold some. They might there might be some weird ritual going on that we don't know around these things too. Like you were saying, possibly I don't know. What I do know is that they emanate evil in the dark mm-hmm. and um. Anyway, so it tied me into those traditions around the world. Where it was no longer superstition. 
you know, first I'm like, oh, that's cute. You carry your root. Ha ha. You know, then when I saw that there was validity to it, it was like, oh, that's what the old ancient people were talking about. That's why they use specifically this, this stone or this certain incense and things like that. So that that's one thing that got me into herbs um, was that a lot of them are basically holy. And so that's why when you put them in you, you know, you get a holy, you can get very holy results like cures. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's one thing. But the other thing that got me into herbs, and this is when I was way younger, this is before I even knew I was going to be an herbalist, was at the age of 16, I burnt my hand. And, and I went to the kitchen and I saw some onion powder in there. And I grabbed the onion powder because I'd read that onion was good for burns. And I got this onion powder and I mixed a little bit of water with it. Mm-hmm. And I smeared it on my burn because I made it into a paste and it went away. And I started using that. I've been using that my entire life for burns. And it was like, wow, herbs are amazing. So eventually I ended up going to herb school and doing all that stuff. But all that to bring it back to Jared on Apothecary is it's the culmination of all my experience. You know what I mean? So when people come to me, oftentimes I have pre-bag tea that they can take. You know, someone comes to me like, hey, I can't sleep. I have insomnia or whatever. Um, they have two choices. They could either get the tea from me that's designed for that, or they can come sit down with me and have a consultation. And then the consultation will look at all the things in their life that could be contributing to that state. You know, like, because to be honest, if you're staying up to three o'clock in the morning, eating yeah. hot, hot Cheeto fries, tea is not gonna solve and you're stressed out, tea is not going not gonna to fix you. But you'd be surprised at what tea can fix Mm. Um, and or what tinctures can fix. Mm. Are you familiar with tinctures? No. Tinctures are alcohol extracts. Tinctures? Tinctures. I have okay. some. So this is an example of a tincture. They look like this. This is one I got from Sprouts. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I know we're not on video, but I'm kind of like holding, uh, what's this called? This container? That's called a tincture. Um, the, the container no, is not, a, oh, it's a dropper bottle. Yeah, the dropper bottle, kind of like those uh, things we used to give babies medicine. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. like, put little drops of uh, liquid in the... But this is from Sprouts. Yeah, it's from Sprouts. Christ. And so what you really? do... Yeah, they know the game. <laughs> they know the game because the stuff works. Wow. And the thing is, is that what they do is they steep, uh, like, something like this root. They put it in alcohol. Let it sit. Mm, alcohol, so it extracts. It extracts alcohol. So it, look, back to this sending things via email thing. Whoa, can we digitize some of this? <laughs> and send it across the world. Oh, my sister in Nigeria is feeling something. Hey, text you some, some things here. They're amazing, <laughs> They can extract it from alcohol. Maybe you can digitize that. Yeah, they're very strong, man. Uh, very strong. And I've healed a lot of people with tinctures. I, I healed my one of my cousins had severe anxiety. Um, he had tried all this stuff, but he took one drop of a, of a tincture called Skullcap. And I, I didn't tell him to take one drop. I told him to take a dropper full, mm-hmm. you know, take the whole thing three times a day. But all he did was put one drop and he claims that it changed his entire life. Wow. Because the constituents, scientifically, sometimes we forget that plants are full of chemical constituents that have very active properties. Think about aspirin, for example, a very popular plant is made from a, is made from tree bark. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas now they extract it, you know, in a chemical form. We used to just put it in water, that root, I mean, that, that bark in water, yeah. and, and pull those constituents into water. Yeah, where I come from, it. I think they call it agbo, 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 something. They'll like boil tree bark in water, and you can use like to treat malaria, which was like very popular. It's amazing. From, you know, things like that. Absolutely. But, 
Whenever I hear apothecary, like the first thing that comes to my mind in this state of Colorado is weed. Uh, yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and that that's what I thought you were doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be honest, because that's what I was like. And that's kind of like how we got introduced in a way. Yeah. Because we met at a festival. That's right. And you were kind of like, you know, selling, selling tea. tea. Yeah. And he had all this, uh, you know, products. I still have mine at right. home. You yeah. know, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, you know, the apothecary. <laughs> and it's just another form of exactly. weed infused product. Well, kind see, of thing. there's a split. You know, there's a split. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't sell any marijuana mm. at all. I'm a traditional apothecary. The weed apothecary is a newer creation. Mm. People you know, are just piggybacking. They off like the name. They, the, 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 the marijuana people love these old names. They like to call it, you know, they like to give it names that look innocent, like an innocent apothecary or something like that. Mm. But they only have one plant. You know, that's like, you know what I'm saying? That's like going to the mall and only having, you know, Shoes, you know what I mean? It's gotcha. they really should be called something else, you know what I mean? They should be called just the marijuana shop, you know. Like, so, how many people how get many, confused? How many plans do you have? Like, how many? Oh, and, times. My, my, and you focused also not just the chemical components, but like the spiritual, spiritual aspect because plants aspect. have a spirit. That's one thing mm. I learned is each one has a different, it's like a different race, you know, they have mm. different spirits and they and they mingle with other people's spirits differently. You know, so I work with the spiritual nature. I work with the chemical nature of these plants, and it and it creates a different experience for people coming to get the medicine. Whereas with marijuana, um, I don't feel like a lot of people use it in the most medicinal way. <laughs> Tell me why. <about> <laughs> they tend to get addicted to it. And um, you could. And interestingly, I used to work at a shop where there was an apothecary upstairs and a weed shop downstairs. I was I worked part of the apothecary upstairs. And you could see the difference of the people that had to go downstairs to the marijuana shop. Mm. You know, the people that were going downstairs to the marijuana shop were always their eyes were always red. You know, they and, were fiending. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just for for those people listening to us outside the U.S., marijuana has been legalized in Colorado since yeah. 2014. Yeah. So we have we actually have shops that sell the products. Yeah. A lot of shops are using it to make all this tons. Like we have marijuana pastries yeah. and like CBD, Cookies, yeah. and, you know, different stuff. So yeah. you know, just for Context. Yeah. So, but, um, and then, so, and marijuana is a very strong plant too that has side effects just like any drug. Mm. And a lot of people don't know those. They just get they just get excited and just smoke it every day. They don't realize that there's prostate issues that can come with overconsumption. Really? Of of marijuana. Okay. There's one thing we learned in herb school. You know, it was like, oh, these are side effects of marijuana. You overdo it, you know, you can have problems with uh, fertility. You know, um, especially if, if if your body doesn't have a strong sexual nature, you know what I mean? Mm. Some some people power through it and have six kids, they smoke it, whatever. No. But some people, the ones that are going to have problems will never. I had a man that would have, he would have a testicular cramps, what? you know, a client. And he asked me for an herb to help with that. I said, no, stop smoking weed, you know, and it, and it was gone after he stopped smoking it. Mm. Um, I had another client. She looked like she was aging so rapidly. You know, because she, her constitution, the way that she was made, yeah. wasn't handling the weed right. You know what I mean? So, like, everybody, but I love marijuana. I've, I've, I've developed a relationship with it as far as making a cream for, like, the hands and, like, the body. 
As far as pain relief, it's an amazing plant. Yeah, that's why CBD is kind of like doing amazing yeah. now CBD in the market. CBD is great. It's a great medicine. Even though like and CBD is a cannabis oil, it's yeah. kind of like made from extracts of the marijuana plant, yeah. but it doesn't have the intoxicating exactly. uh, characteristics. So it doesn't get you high, yeah. but it keeps you calm. Absolutely. Kind of thing. But the FDA, like the Food and Drug Administration, just came out last week and said that, you know, they are harmful. Now, even though there's some conspiracy around there, people wow. are saying the white man, like big alcohol or big tobacco is about to corner the market. So they are using FDA as a tool to kind of like get people out and for them to come with a better brand wow. kind of thing. Wow. But they, they were saying, FDA was saying, you know, CBD hasn't really been tested. It's so popular, but hey, people should be careful, blah, 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 blah. Wow. I don't know what to say to that because yeah. the, the FDA has all the scientists who obviously are, aren't herbalists, but <laughs> right. the FDA has also kept us safe mm. like over over time. But yeah, there has ways, been sure. products that they haven't understood, even like right. with alcohol and stuff like in the past. So Yeah, I mean, I the FDA, know. they do have a lot of experts, but there's also a lot of big money back in them guys. Yeah, tell, you know me, what I mean? tell me about <laughs> Those guys are funded by, <laughs> those guys are funded by, you know, I don't even want to say, but you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he who shall not be named. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, traditional apothecary don't really deal uh, uh, or trade or peddle marijuana in a sense because right. I, I had all these follow-up questions about marijuana that how exactly how is that industry for people who want to get into the marijuana industry and things like that but if you know anything about that you can also share I hear it's really tough like going into that industry uh, owing to that you know they can't establish banking relationships they can't do all this stuff and it's just it's a very crude young industry and ultimately when big tobacco ultimately has their foothold on the industry then it to become like absolutely and there's um man there's a guest i gotta introduce you to this one oh, yeah, she's sure. from marijuana she's oh let's go and she's a sister she's black and she well i think i know what's her name uh, I forgot her name though. I forgot her name because I I met like the what was her name? Oh, I can't remember. But I know she's <laughs> she's black, uh -huh. and they kind of like people call her kind of like the queen of. Okay, so you do know we talked about yeah. She, you would get her, her in here, man. She is yeah. I, I appreciate she is, that introduction. Yeah, she's an amazing speaker. Mm. First of all, and her story and her the way she's used this business to empower herself yep. and things like that. Yep, and and because really to be honest. There should be tons of black marijuana owners. Yep. Because we used to get locked, locked up. Locked up for weed. Yeah. And now, now it's legalized. All the white people are getting the money. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. And. The, I mean, it's and, been the same way. Everything's been the same with hip hop. Yeah. It's been, <laughs> it's been the same with uh, yeah. Louisiana cooking. Yeah. And, you know, the, those traditional uh, uh, black cooking or people, you know, made it a thing. But again, I, I'll keep asking the same thing. I'm I'm caught from a different cloth and per se. So I yeah. understand, you know, growing up black in America is a different experience. And, right. you know, it's difficult. Like, but I grew up, I like to believe I grew up in a black, black country. So I, I like to believe I grew up like empowered, like not being ostracized, even right. though there was classism, mm -hmm. but there wasn't racism. There was colorism, there was classism, there was culturalism, but mm -hmm. there wasn't racism because we're all black. Is there a lot of, because uh, you're in Nigeria, there's there's a lot of rivalry, right, between various tribes, right? Is that true? Yeah, because like I said, there's, there's, tri there's tribalism, there's culturalism, oh, there's uh -huh. colorism, uh, there's classism, obviously, wow. but there's no racism. So yeah, you do get issues where you know, your name is on a resume and because of a certain 
you come from a certain place or they say, oh, don't go there. Uh, you know, everyone here, all the people may like, are from this part of the country. And there's always this thing, even with the presidency, where it should come from, you know, the north, the south. Just typical stuff like that. But there was no racism because no one was white. Right. Even though sometimes our people... Like inferiority complex sets in when they interact with white people, but that was just I can chalk that up to maybe slavery, colon- right. colonialism, right. and things like that. But yeah. is skin bleaching big there? Oh, huge! Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, among the the female yeah. you know, population, because you know women tend to gravitate to what makes them feel desired. If I can, right. I, I'm not speaking for women, but in right. my own opinion, and. You know, there was a time when it's starting to change now. Like all the videos where you know these light-skinned women, all the musicians had like right. light-skinned Nicki girlfriends Minaj and all that stuff. Yeah, man, even talking like in Nigeria. So oh, he, right. that became, and maybe this has to do with colonialism and like colorism to start. Like people started looking at that as once you're of a certain color, you got like passes everywhere. You got free drinks where you wherever uh, you went to. So people started looking at that as being elite, but. Now it's almost started changing, like gradually, like there is there is value to, you know, that black right. African authentic mm-hmm. uh uh a uh, woman, you know. And there's something called bride price where where, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Where if you want to get married, you kinda like pay sort of like a dowry to right. the family or the father or the uncle of where man. And if the lady, if your fiance was light skinned, it was a higher price. Oh wow. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> I think someone actually wrote about this that that, that you know that was a form of uh you know, try to equate it to uh, some form of um just something inappropriate, right? You know, but that, that, that's uh, and that's debatable. You know, some people can argue argue for, some can argue against. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, we we have problems like everyone else. Yeah. But again, you know, we I didn't fully understand the black experience coming here, and you know, at first I was kind of like, hey, why is it so difficult to you know pick you up by pick yourself up by bootstraps and I get things done? But you know, not. Realizing that some people didn't have any boots. That's right. You know, <laughs> th- That's th- right. Things like that. And it's, it's just how do we now work together? You know, people coming from Africa, you know, African Americans, how do right. we work together to develop the black race and Absolutely. to give ourselves because we keep we keep creating all these awesome things and letting it go and people come in and monetize those things and build generational wealth. That's right. Meanwhile, the people whether that's why, you know, People like Jay-Z are so important to the culture. People like Kenneth Chenault are so important to the culture. Oprah, like all these people. Right. They are really, really important to the culture because how do we start with the end in mind? How do we have that plan to like bring economic wealth? I'm not just, you know, buying chains and... Right. Know, right. <laughs> there's nothing with, you know, spending money in the strip right. club. Actually, there's a way you can make that a tax write-off, actually. Really? <laughs> yes, oh, you <wow>. can. <laughs> there's a way. <laughs> yeah. You have to get the right accountant. But <laughs> there's a way to make spending money in the strip club a tax write-off. I think it depends on your profession and a couple of other things, but that's just neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you, you seem to be, you know, someone who, you know, leaves... Um, uh, you you you're very in tune, and uh, the black culture is like really important to you. Like even your logo, you like your logo. When I saw your logo, is like a black <laughs> man. It, it, his logo is like, and you guys can go to jerrydonapothecary.com. Yeah. You see, like a black man, yep. like kind of like shielding and protecting like his woman exactly. and child. Exactly. I was like, wow, that's a very yeah. 
Very and that, interesting logo. And all that, uh, that whole logo comes from a lot of my experiences as well. Yeah. You know, just my my focus on the black family is big, but also like like there's two little fish at the bottom, you know, because I'm a Pisces, and you know, you got he has two roots sitting on his shoulders, yeah. and that's this root actually, yeah, um, you know, and all these other symbolisms that just correspond to my life, and so it's all just put into a symbol, yeah, and um, but yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going back to you know black men being given opportunities, especially now when people are starting to ask about reparations, repatriations, repatriation, reparations. Is it reparations or repatriations? They call it reparations. Reparations. Okay, people ask for reparations, and they're one of the industries they're trying to use to advocate for that is the weed industry. Or like, okay, you've locked up all these black men, right? Like in the past for selling weed illegally, quote unquote. Now that it's becoming legal, there has to be opportunities put in place for yes. black because now it's so expensive from what I hear yeah. to operate at a seven, certain level like Absolutely. you can be a retailer or whatever but to be like I think like a producer or whatever maybe yeah. that's a conversation I'll have with like the guests who introduced yeah. me to exactly. but like something has to be done Big time. Like eventually and there's responsibility on both sides we have to gun for it and also like the society has to like make yeah. that and all those and all those black men that were locked up for selling it illegally need to be freed mm. that's know? something Andrew Yang said you know do. we have well I, man I like that guy <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know if he'll win it but I like him yeah and Andrew Yang for those listening are, are is a, a democratic contender for the president uh, it's not because it, it's really it's not fair to be 16 and then locked up till you're 50 because you sold something you know what i mean yeah and it's just silly you know it's, it's yeah. silly to me especially if it's legal now it's like but on the flip side there has to be enablers because like i said there were enablers on the black side to slave trade there were people who sold their own brothers and sisters or people who betrayed their community right. for some flimsy things. Like you hear stories, I hear stories about people selling their brothers for a mirror because they hadn't seen a mirror, a reflection of themselves before and a white man brought a mirror and they sold their brother for that. Also for, for some crops or some, for some oil yeah. or, you know, some, some stacks of hay or some, something ridiculous. So there, 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 there's also the school of thought that we, there are people in our community and some people call them enablers. Like they are the pawns of big industry and uh, they, there's no history of ownership. Like you have brands like BET, brands like Carol's Daughter, brands like Popeye's Louisiana Chicken, <laughs> and these are all owned by people outside the black community. For Christ's sake, it's awful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so awful. like people just say that like, you know they are enablers, and once a black person get gets rich, he forgets the cause he sells out, quote unquote, and he's richer now and he tries to associate with white people more, you know, there's nothing with marrying outside your race, like, but, you know, people, some people frown out, you know, you go marry outside your race and move to a white neighborhood and all of a sudden you're acting white and you become that token black friend to a lot of white people, right? And all that stuff. So, like, yeah. What, what, what can be done? What would you do if you get $100 million from uh, Jury Don Apollo? <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Well, several several things I would do. Um, I would start, uh, I would start, first of all, I'd start connecting our people to the land. Mm. You know, I'd start programs that center around youth. And um, because I feel like there's a lot of freedom in that. For example, a lot of us can't afford health care. You know, um, even, even, the, even the jobs that do give uh, healthcare. Uh, oftentimes, we still can't even afford, you know, the three hundred dollars that's being pulled out of our check, you mm -hmm. know, or more 
if you have kids. So I've been able to, I've raised my children without hospitals. You know, what? I've been and your able, daughter's 12? My daughter's 12. Wow. She's, you know, and they don't, they don't know that world, you know, because I, I heal them with all the herbs that, that I find. You know what I mean? Interesting. You know, I use essential oils. I use tinctures. Um, I use tea. And it's been able to get them through all of their phases of life, you know. Wow. And it, but it's but it's come with just some basic old school knowledge that has been lost. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. like, instead of rushing to the hospital, it's like, wait, I can save tons of money by just giving you an onion or giving you this plant or that right. plant. You know, this tea, lemon balm. Lemon balm, Melissa officinalis, is amazing for children with fevers, for example. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I would tie people to that because when they go outside, they would see medicine instead of weeds everywhere. Weed. You know, and they'd be able to utilize that. You know, it's funny you say that because I interviewed like a Cuban American who spends a lot of time in the Navajo Reserve, like with the people of the Navajo Nation, and that's all he did. Like, mm. he, he's deeply into like permaculture, which is like uh-huh. kind of like using natural things and you know living off the land. And that those few months he stayed there, like really like changed his life. So imagine scaling that to a whole race. Absolutely, it would change. It would change the game completely because yeah. <laughs> yeah. freedom. If we don't have to, because there's no middleman. Mm-hmm. You know, we go straight to the raw ingredients. We go right to the soil. We start growing our own stuff. You know, I, I've been reading this book called uh, Pharmacology lately by Daphne Miller, MD. And that's farm spelled with the F-A-R-M, pharmacology. And I love it because she's talking about how the soil has been depleted in so many of these larger chain stores, you know, like Walmart, the farms they get their stuff from. There's not there's not that many minerals in the soil so there's not many minerals in their carrots for example you know where if you learn how to grow your own stuff you can make sure that soil is rich full of all kind of minerals and healthy gut bacteria and all this stuff that are going to be put back into that food so the food will have more of a nutritive value but that's the kind of stuff we got to put into our kids but also just herbs aside financial literacy financial mm, li- financial preach. literacy like that's, that's my like of teaching children what the heck is the difference between a credit card and a debit card? Because mm. growing up when I was little, we thought, oh, credit card is free money. You know, we didn't realize that there's ways to play the game where you can get ahead with a credit card. Yeah. You know, we didn't know um, how to build credit. We didn't know how to start. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't know anything about home loans. Exactly. It, so, so that opens up to this whole opens us to this whole world of being taken advantage of. Yeah. Because one thing I've realized is that you know the rich make most of their money off of poor people because of our ignorance. We think by taking the lowest payment, you know, we take that low monthly payment, but we don't realize that it's been stretched three years. The interest rate is high, but you know, we're going to get these payday loans and things that just keep us in debt. It was just, it's just, but you know, our parents didn't know. You know, I mean, preach. I mean, I just, I just was at a conference like a month ago where, uh, uh, it was like a financial literacy and empowerment conference, and I was like one of the speakers. I was like sitting like on the panel with me. Like someone was asking, like, "How do you like grow well?" What are one of the few things? And first thing this dude was said was like, "Avoid banks, stick to credit unions." I was like, "What?" Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Both those organizations are tools for crisis. <laughs> exactly. Right? How do you use them? Like it depends what. Sweet, uh, suits your situation at that particular point in time, what can get you to where you're going. Exactly. Like, if I want to go to Chicago, I can choose to either drive there, walk there, or take an airplane, for Christ's sake. That's right. So, like, there are different uses, but, you know, sometimes based on one experience, like, certain things are just passed down from generations. And like you said, you know, thinking that credit card or free money. Not, That's right. 
teaching people how to use it. Maybe that's the way we even like learning just how to work the system. But some purists would just argue that the system, you can never learn how to work the system better than those who built the system. Wow. So we need to build our own systems. Powerful. So that's uh, another level. That's, <laughs> that's Wakanda right there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a, there, there's a, there's a city in Chicago called Wakanda. Seriously? Yeah. I was there like two years ago. Hold on. What? It's Wakanda by spell with, it spells W A C O U. NDA, like Wakanda. Is it a black but, town? Is it black? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Illinois. <laughs> it's in Illinois, like uh, like an hour and a half from Chicago. That's awesome. So, uh, but we can make it one exactly if we want to. I, I mean, believe. it's far enough. It's far enough away from Chicago where we can get an airport and everything. So it depends. So, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, tons of things we need to do as black people. We need a lot of information. What do you think is the best way of disseminating information in our community? Because that seems like one thing we lack. Like, we don't just know that things are there. Yeah. And, you know, people well, come and take advantage. And well, things. one thing I like, um, I don't know if you, are you you're familiar with Brother Jeff, right? I am familiar with Brother Jeff, yeah. Oh, man. That man is, he, he puts the whole city on his back, you know, yeah. and... Um, he has this way about saying, hey, if you're black, come to my shop, set up a table, and sell yeah, your that's stuff. every Saturday. Every right? Saturday. It's yeah. free. And so what happens is you start building community. You know, we, we have a steady bunch of merchants that show up. You know, I show up when I can, maybe like twice a month or whatever, but it's the steady people there. And it feels great, first of all. It feels like a melanin bath. You're walking in, mm -hmm. you know, you get the, oh, the melanin waves are beautiful. So you're in there. And then but there's these discussions that happen there. Mm. You know, Brother Jeff will film some discussions, but then he'll be like, turn off the camera for this. You know, and then we'll have these very private community discussions. Mm. And, it's a, and it's, a, it's an amazing place because it just attracts some of the coolest people. And, um, you know, we got a guy from Senegal in there. He sells his stuff. His name is Muhammad. He's amazing. You know, we got people. We got uh, a, a woman from Trinidad in there. You know, we got a woman from Haiti in there selling stuff, you know, so basically black people from all over the diaspora, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Are in there selling things, exchanging information. And I think that's the way it's got to be. We have to build centers that aren't religious based so much because yeah. the religion seems to kind of chop everybody into these little pieces where we look at, look at each other as aliens. Mm -hmm. We got to create more like economic centers, you mm -hmm. know, where everybody has a common ground. Like, yo, we're trying to build, like we're trying to nation build. Mm -hmm. The nation's not worried about, you know, like, oh, this religion per se. We're just trying to build something where everybody can have, you know, have freedom, you know, yeah. to, to be what they are. And um, I think that's, that's one of the best ways is creating safe spaces for us to just be real, you know, that can't be intercepted or that's going to be harder to be intercepted. Gotcha. The second thing is that also the thing, being in these tight knit communities creates trust. I feel like trust is the number one thing because in the modern world, we, we outsource our trust. You know, it's like, Oh, I have a problem with you. I'm calling the police, you know, <laughs> cause I trust the police more than I trust you or structure of our community. You know, um, you know, oh, the doctor, you know, I trust the doctor more than the herbalist. You know, I trust we're because we're taught to trust these symbols of power. They're, they're like priests. We trust the lawyer, the priest, priest of the law, you know, the doctor. We trust it. even though he hasn't healed grandma and he keeps giving her all these different pills. We, we're such a religion. You know, white supremacy is a religion. You know what I mean? It's like but it's like it's, it's widespread and we don't question it. OK, OK, OK.
All right, here we go. All right, uh, so we were in interrupted <laughs> by, you know, someone who just came in here to get something. But, um, yeah, well, well, what were you talking about? Well, do, should we talk about your rap career? Yeah, let's uh, talk about that. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so you have produced two albums in the past. I did produce two albums in the past. I, um, I also won the USA Songwriting Competition twice. Is this a countrywide competition? It's a, yep, statewide. Yep, countrywide. countrywide wow. Yep. So if you Google my name, Montague Connolly, it'll pop up, you know, winner of the 2000. It was back in the day. Though. It was 2006, 2007. Oh, wait, you used your real name? I did, yeah. It, for the contest, yeah. You know the first person, like, I really, like, observed using his real name in hip-hop was Obi Trice? Oh, that's his real name? Yeah. <laughs> Where's he from? Yeah, I think he has a name. I think it's from Detroit. I don't want to say. I don't want to miss school. I don't know if it's. I'm not sure if it's Detroit. I did not know that was his name. Yeah, <laughs> he has a name like this. Why I ain't got no rap name. Yeah, My name is Obi Trice. Wow. <laughs> like, I yeah, never knew that, that. that was the first one. It was so cool and. The reason why I started using my real name, like Nosayari, like, you know, of course, growing up, everyone wanted to be a rapper. I had gone through, like, several names. I was once called, like, the Black Man, Afro Man, right. Nose Man. There was yeah. always, like, a man to it. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> but, like, I was, there was this song I loved, loved so much. And those days, like, on iTunes, you could, like, go and see the author or the track and when it was produced and yeah. you know, all those details. So that's what I always did. Like, whenever there was a song I resonated with, like, I looked at it. So I think there was a song by, like, 50 Cent, Kanye West, Eminem, like, all these big rappers, like, it was a collective song or whatever. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, let me go see who wrote it. Because I wanted to see if they wrote their rhymes. Wow, you and dug I, a little deeper. <laughs> and I went there, and I saw all these names I didn't recognize. That I saw, like, mm -hmm. Curtis Jackson, which was yeah. 50 Cent, uh -huh. like, Sean, Sean uh, Carter, who was Jay-Z. Uh -huh. I saw all these names I didn't recognize, but then I saw Kanye West. Right. Like I do, oh, I'm like oh, this guy, like wherever he goes, like whether it's in front of the camera, behind his camera, his name is Kanye West. Yeah, that was when I decided then and there, like, look, I'm using my real name. <laughs> like, and this was like 15 years ago, and it's just funny to see Kanye is now with the whole Jesus is King thing and changing culture in a very funny way, and everyone, you know, paying attention to him. But yeah, talk to me guy. about your, your your rap career, man. How did you get into that? So um, I grew up in a very hip hop family. You know, like mm. every Thanksgiving. All the cousins come over and we were, everybody just raps. Everybody's birthday party. All the all the boy cousins. The part of the culture was to be in the basement and they'd be playing video games or rapping. That's all we did. That was Dude, good. You should you like that five percenter thing. Was, yeah, <laughs> that's why it fit. Clicked. It yeah. fit so yeah. good because the culture was hip hop. Gotcha. You know, and so just growing up, you know, doing that. I started a rap group with my sister and my little brother. My little brother was like five years old, gotcha. you know, but he was like the cute, like almost like Michael Jackson. And, you know, he was like, you know, and then um, my sister, she was like a real strong. She was like a girl ice cube, you know, the way she wow. rapped, she was very hardcore, Interesting, you know, and then I was like common, I guess, or something, you know, and um, and then and then it kind of got weird as we got older, like, OK, we're not kids anymore. You uh, know? So then um, after that. Um, I teamed up with this guy named Deshaun O'Dell, and we cranked out two albums. One was called Spit Heaven. The other one's called um, Urban Shaman, right? How many tracks were there in these albums? About 10 or 11. Wow, so they were albums. Yeah, right? they were albums. Wow. And uh, the quality wasn't the best, you know. Um, Do you have you them know. on any streaming services, or they were like CDs? They were CDs. This is back in the day. Dude, you should put them on that just for the culture. Like, so your grandkids can like, <laughs> know that, oh, this is what my dad sounded like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that was before I got heavy into herbalism, you know. Um, and so when I became an herbalist, I kind of put hip-hop on the back burner. 
Mm-hmm. I went super hard for herbs, but then I found out that I you could, could mi- merge the two. I hip- found out that I could merge hip hop herb. Yeah, hip hop herbs. <laughs> I found out I could merge the two. Also, I'm working on an album now, uh, which I'm claiming to be my last album, but. Of course, you never know when yeah, it is. It's not your life. But I'll, I'll let you know when it Forget comes out. Forget about it. <laughs> um, What's yeah, this one going to be called? But, 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 I don't know. I'm playing with different names. I'm playing with different names. I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to be controversial or what. You know, one name that pops out is like Green Jesus. You wow. know, because like, you know how herbs, you know, plants, yeah. they, they die and they come back, you know, and yeah. Jesus is that same you know, so, but also I see herbs as like a savior. And you at know? the same time, your music career is coming back. So exactly. It's, it's like, like a resurrection. Yeah, it's like a resurrection. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure my, my, my gospel friends wouldn't like that very much. You know? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because I, I do sing with a gospel choir too. Let me ask you. Hearts of Worship. Do, do you think, like, some things can be conveyed through music? Like, you know, you hear other stories about the rock bands who worship the devil back in the day. Oh, right. And, you know, if you play the CDs backwards, there's a different meaning and how the music put their fans in a trance and all that stuff. Do you think Yeah, like some spiritual stuff can be burnt into music and I, circulated globally? I do think that it can be put out. I don't think everyone responds to it the same way. Mm. You know, I think some people will, like, if, for example, if someone has a demonic message, mm. if someone has a certain type of consciousness, that resonates with that vibration, they might get evil thoughts, mm. you know, but I don't think it hits everybody the same, you know? Um, I do know that, uh, I do feel like I've listened to some stuff, like, cause I love Eminem, you know, mm. but I've listened, I've gone back and listened to some things he's done. And I'm like, that was kind of evil, you know, like, you know? or like, or DMX, like as much as I love DMX back in the day, yeah. I'm like, there's some, there's some evil vibes. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with these characters. <laughs> but I think hip hop is is a place where, you know, the artist decides what kind of art he wants to make. If he wants yeah. to go to the parts of himself that 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 are corrupted, you know, or just just filled with dirt, you know what I mean, or whatever, and just spit it out, there's an audience for it. They mm-hmm. they like it, you know. And if you want to take the high road, there's people there too. But I do I do think that music does Music is a big conductor of spiritual energy. Mm. That's why in the God, in the church, you're, you're able to call in all these waves of energy, like, you know, and that spirit shows up, things start happening. You know what I mean? At, at the rock show where they start doing the mosh pit and beating each other up, mm. you know, they're summoning something. They're summoning that whatever, whatever spirits are attracted to that music, they show up. I never really understood the mosh pit, to be honest. Man, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, people I was, just I, circle around in front of the stage and, and just beat, and they beat each other up too. Wilding, uh, yeah, they beat um, each other. I used to have a friend that would come back with black eyes and all wow. that because in the the real mosh pit they throw punches. You know, they punch, they they elbow, they they really knock each other out. But I think it's only attractive to maybe warrior types. You know, like a, maybe a certain kind of warrior type person that likes they want to feel something hardcore. You know. Uh-huh. You know, and then you got the R&B type guy. You know, he's not trying yeah, to he's, he's not trying, trying to mosh pit out like yeah. that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. But I, um, but one thing I found recently is that, well, no, I actually found out a little bit earlier, but that I could use hip hop because to memorize certain herbal remedies, and um, and also to kind of help me to uh, kind of keep my story organized in a way. You know, because I memorize a lot of things better through rhyme. You know, so, um, and so there's this one, there's this one rhyme I always get asked to do, um, that I call power plants. 
you know, it kind of tells a little bit of my story and some of the plants I use. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how that goes. <laughs> wait, wait, but you, you actually like this hip hop herb thing. Like, how exactly does that does that manifest? Like, do you have songs yeah. talking about? Yeah, I do. I have a song uh, called Power Plants. Um, and um, it's it's recorded over a J. Cole beat. I'm going to re-record it pop for this newer project over a different beat because I was getting in trouble with licensing. Know, licensing, trying to... Because I, I was just doing it for fun, you know. Yeah. But they won't even let you do it for fun anymore. It's hey, like, man, J. Cole? <laughs> like, like, it's not yours. You can't use it. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, I can share some of it if you want to hear some of it. Yeah, let's go. Let's All go. right, let me see what I can remember. It goes like this. You need yeah. a beat? Oh, no, no beat. Okay. It goes like this. A couple of years ago, was always getting sick. Woo! Chronic fatigue, my brother, but I ran into this witty herbalist. She said, how about some tea, my brother? Took a look. What am I supposed to do with this? It's just some leaves, my brother. Bushy brewed the tea and put it to my lips. Dang. Energy, my brother. Energy released. I could be, my brother. I could see, my brother. I was just a piece. Now I'm whole. Guess you could say that I'm at peace, my brother. Now I study the herbs and I can't cease, my brother. I want remedies for every disease from the west to the east. Every plant from the land to the seas. Allergies, you finna sneeze? We got nettles for that and other antihistamine plants to remedy that. Skull cap for the nerves in my medicine bag. Your doctor can't fix what my medicine can. You looking at me like you never heard of this man, but once you try me, you be looking for the herbalist, man. We got the herb for the turbulence in the palm of our hand and the pills they be hurting us it's a part of the plan and the bills they be killing us side effects they be killing us yellow dot come free damiana Woo. all herbs i sell holy basil licorice ashwagandha mm. all good as well angelica burdock rhodiola wow will make you well skull cat passion flower and eleuthero all great for the nerves echinacea spilanthes and marshmallow for a throat that burns chase tree cotton root ladies mantle for female concerns, nettle seed, don't quite saw palmetto. Man, I don't have the words. A couple weeks ago, my teacher went to Mexico. My teacher, the professional, the best you know, the type to bless you with the basil, not a vegetable. She said, believe without your heart and not a decimal. Now with the herbals, man, I'm colder than an Eskimo. Hit the mountain range and pack the herb. I fill the jar up with the ethanol. I'm hiking in the rain. I'm in the paint just like it's basketball. Collecting power plants and then I stop until the basket's full. Anyway, that's a little bit of it. Wow. <laughs> Wow, you really do rap like common. <laughs> to be honest, like yeah, like your cadence and the way you deliver uh, is is obvious. Like you've been doing this for a while. Like, Absolutely, you yeah. just to just come and let's put in because some people have on the podcast. I have to pause the podcast. You want me to speak? Okay, you know what? I'm do some push ups. Like common, like, I'm like, dude, what the hell, man? You're, oh, you're not ready goodness. for this life. <laughs> You know, <laughs> absolutely. Wow, absolutely. is it okay if I give some feedback? Absolutely. And you know, this is not me. You know, I I know. You know, um, uh, it's a very sensitive uh, topic, like giving feedback. Oh yeah, but, but I'm not. I'm not a sensitive artist. Okay, cause I, if I may, um, like I I feel like your your cadence is amazing. Your flow is great. Yeah. But it almost feels like it it, it comes out too directly. Mm. Like your, your album might. And this is just my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Your album to me might sound up being like a whole ten track advertisement for like herbs. You know what's I, funny is I had a friend that told me that. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Alan Brooks. He told me he's like, man, because most of my songs don't sound like that. You know what I mean? Like, but th that's just that one. You know? Yeah. But um, but he said that song sounds like a commercial. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, th- 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 there's a reason why, you know, a Mercedes, are, uh, they don't just show the car in the beginning and say, he has a driver's wheel, he has four-liter engine, and all right. they like, show, you know, a guy walking, Absolutely. Into, and, a, and a lady, like, looking at him, and he dusts his jacket, and they just put the Mercedes logo, without even showing the car. Absolutely. You know, th- there's a way, like, if, if it's not too, and that's why, maybe that's why Jay-Z sometimes, because he doesn't make it too direct. Yeah. Like, you, you, can, you can talk about things, and people listening might think you're talking about, you know, sex or something. I woke up one day and I met and I met this girl. Her name was Mary Jane, or you know, th- right. things like that. And people just follow and not knowing that, and you know, in time they're like, "Oh, this guy is about that life." Right. You know, that's what you know. Travis Scott sells, and exactly. that's what you know. Even J Cole sells and things like that. But if you make it like too direct, like. It's kind of like shocking. It's like walking up to a girl on the very first day saying, I want to marry you. I like you. Very you, you first say hi. Yeah. You know, it's an in-between conversation. You chip in one or two things. But that's just my opinion. No, I right? agree with that. And I, I think know. that um, the only people that really resonate with that verse are nerds. You know, mm-hmm. like, are plant nerds. Because they're like, wow, he put a whole book in, like, that little thing. Yeah. And then the other side of that is that track I wrote mainly for my own memory. You know, it's like just mm-hmm. to remember certain things and, like, to tell a story about you know, just a very direct thing. Yeah. But it's not like, but it's definitely not my usual writing process. Writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? I got you. I yeah. got you. I mean, because like, even in this podcast, like, and again, you know, you must not say, do what I say. It's just my opinion. Like, even in this podcast, like, when I thought I was starting a culture, a podcast about culture, like, my roommate thought I'd just come and like, open Wikipedia. Like, okay, today we're talking about Kenya. Kenya is a land right. of 4,000 people. They speak Swahili. I know. Like, we're having this casual conversation. Right. It makes it more digestible. But in between, like, you know, it's not obviously, you know, it's a niche podcast. So we're not talking about Kim Kardashian or Nicki Minaj. So exactly. they don't get the millions of views every day. But in make having this casual conversation is more digestible and people get to learn about cultural things in the process. Absolutely. But you know that's just you know my personal well, feedback. Like I'm not, like I'm not saying uh you I like feedback. Go that like, way. I definitely I definitely known a lot of folks that really can't handle criticism. And mm-hmm. I think that's um I think that's I think that holds you back from developing as an artist. Is you there an I mean? herb for that? <laughs> there, are lot, there are a lot of things that I feel like there should be an herb for maybe well, fear is that an herb for fear absolutely there's herbs for everything you know there's herbs for everything um of course you want to create conditions around that herb is that you know for so, so we can so it can so it can work and also there's another thing known as flower essences block mm. flower essences um the guy that developed it um he he, he went to different flowers and and develop these different medicines, uh, energetic, personality, emotional-based medicines around various emotions, you know, mm. so fear, anxiety, um, you know, a bad gut feeling, you know, just these different things to help ease people through various various states. So there's definitely something out there for everyone. Oh, okay, cool, interesting, interesting. Uh, you want to plug your company or plug you want? I like giving my guests like a couple of minutes to just like say whatever. Absolutely. Um, well, um, if you want to try out some amazing teas, uh, medicinal teas, uh, go to Giridon Apothecary. That's J I R I D O N A P O T H E C A R Y dot com. Um, check out our teas. We have other products on there. Um, but as far as tea goes, we have one called on my nerves. Which is great for nervous system issues, anxiety, depression. Uh, we got another one on there called Belly. That's great for gas, digestive issues. We got another tea on there called Red Sweetness. That's just tastes amazing. Uh, I love the like, way you like, name those. It's, those like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like it's like a guilt-free Kool-Aid. You know, there's no sugar in it, but it tastes like 
It almost tastes like a Kool-Aid. I told my kids it was I think Kool-Aid. that's one I had. Yeah, you tasted that one. Yeah. And then um, I got Bear Strength, which is amazing. It's going to show up through the hair and nails, um, really increase your vitality. On the other flip side, um, if you want to follow my growth and development as an artist, as a spiritual teacher, as a healer, you can go to patreon.com forward slash A-R-O-O-T-A-W-A-K-E-N-I-N-G. That's patreon.com forward slash A-Root-Awakening. And there you can um, you can follow my growth and uh, also help support my cause. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I mean, thank you for coming, man. I, I like to do this thing at the end of every podcast called Endgame, yeah. uh, which is a game we just play at the end of every podcast, trying to deliberately pass on messages about you know culture or things. So I ask you questions and you answer them. And hopefully, you know, some listeners are like, oh, I never knew that, that kind of thing. So, but... Given the fashion in which we ended, I'm going to ask you a question which uh, has a different answer from everyone. But who are your top three MCs of all time? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, mind you, this is going to be recorded and I'll put up there. <laughs> oh, my. So let's see. Man, and, and it's always a hard question because you got your old school favorites and you got new school cats. Maybe we should you know start from who are your top three right now. But top three right now, I'd say J.I.D., Jid. Mm. Um, he's amazing. JID. JID. Mm, amazing okay. new guy. He's just amazing. Is he a local here? He's no, he's part of J. Cole's clique. He's on um, mm. Dreamville. So oh. check him out. He's amazing. Uh, of course Kendrick Lamar, I think, is is a is a great artist. Um I haven't seen him for a while, but you know, uh, he's a, he's an amazing MC. Um, who else do I like? So I really I'm always listening, I'm always looking for for the next for the next big guy. Um but I mean, once again, I think J. Cole's up there. Um, but let's see. I think, I mean, it's hard. Eminem is still like one of the most talented, you know, guys out there. Mm-hmm. But okay, but just to, um, just just on the spot, I'd like to say, um, I'll just say J.I.D., Kendrick, and Cole for right now. Gotcha. Why do a lot of people seem to relate to J. Cole in Denver? What's it with J. Cole and Denver, for Christ's sakes? Like, it seems like a couple of people who are, like, into hip-hop or music, like, that's the first name that comes out of their mouth. From, from what I understand, he's more affiliated to North Carolina, right? You know what? Um, J. Cole, um, it's more of a vibe. You know, um, he gives off a, a great vibe. He's so real. You know, he's uh, no. I mean, I understand generally, but yeah. I mean, this city in particular because I moved. Yeah, I moved from DC. I have a brother in Chicago, so I spent some time in Chicago, Maryland, and no one talks about J. Cole the way they talk about it in Denver. Like, um, yeah, that's interesting. It is. That is an interesting uh, thing. I've noticed that as well. Um, once again, people in Denver I, are more conscious. And, and, and honestly, if I had more time to think about the question, he probably wouldn't have made my top three. But. But he, but he definitely has touched the hearts of everyone here for some reason. Maybe yeah. it's a cultural thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe people in Denver have their third eye open. <laughs> I don't know. But what about of all time? I don't know. That's a hard all one. Time, but... That's a that's a super hard one. You know, because I mean, when you when you when you're looking at it, you got to look at you know delivery, popularity. You know what I mean? Like all these different um, factors. Um, in a, in, in Some people just keep it simple and say bars. Bars. Straight bar bars. bars. But, but honestly, man, you know, like Jay-Z has had some amazing albums, you know, like <laughs> I've just felt like, oh, that touched my soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very soulful, man, in so many different ways. But then Nas has been my favorite before for a while. You know what I mean? Um, even Eminem, of course, you know, just the way he works those words, man, is just amazing. And I think. I think most people would put those three pretty pretty high up. 
Gotcha. You gotcha. Know. Well, definitely. Well, it's been nice uh, talking to you. Um, Andre 3000. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's always... <laughs> Andre is someone who is always like, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think people, a lot of people are, are liking like... Uh, What's this dude's role? Uh, the new guy who just got nominated for two Grammys. Um, old, old niggas. Uh, oh, damn. He has a song called Old Niggas? Yeah, he he, fe- he featured Anderson Pack on one of his popular songs. Um, uh-huh. YBN Corday, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. He's Corday. getting a lot of love. Yeah, kind of almost has that 3,000 flowing away. But yeah, if Andre, like, just... Please be a little more capitalist and give us more music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand you yeah. have the personal journey. Absolutely. But once in a while, just Please. give us more music. Like he will really yeah. be up there. If you like, that's, yeah, that's the goat right there. Like, yeah. There was this uh, song he did like with with um. I don't know why I'll still be listening to what's the name of that guy. Walk it out. Oh uh, yeah, the remix. Uh, like, what's his name? I forgot. Uh, his name. UGK? No, 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 not UGK. Um, whatever it was, yeah, it was yeah, like. Yeah. Back then, where cars were metal instead of plastic, value is what I'm talking about. Take two days and work it out. You can be the you can be the king on the parking lot forever. Don't be oh man, I yeah, know just, what you're saying. Oh yeah, is it something he's else? Clean, I'm like, man. He's damn, clean. Man. I don't even know how to rap, but bam, yeah, like, that song is always. I'm always listening to that song just because of that verse. Absolutely, like it's not absolutely. like absolutely. Also, but, Black Thought be coming. He be bringing some cool, some some nice verses. Yeah, Game got a new album out. Yeah, there's a song like he had this old two-pack cadence on it. Right? Uh-huh. The song with Anderson Pack is also cool. But it's also like 20-something songs mm-hmm. on the album. But Yeah, there's a lot of good... Yeah. I never thought it, I never thought hip-hop was dead. I was, I was never part of that. Part you of know, the, yeah, because Lil that. Wayne was great. You know, all these guys are great. Yeah, Drake yeah. brings some heat, you know. Yeah, well, it was, it was nice. It was nice talking to you, man. Absolutely. I, I look forward to connecting. Uh, probably, maybe when your album drops or something. Absolutely. Uh, if you're having anything, any way we can help uh, our own little platform to promote anything in the future, let us know. I look forward to uh, the lady who you're going to introduce me to uh, later. But um, yeah, thank you, Mother Q, and I appreciate uh, it. thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, it's Culture Class Podcast everywhere. On Twitter, it's Culture Class Pod. Uh, send us an email, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you want, did you drop your social media? Or you just dropped your uh, website? Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, we should we should drop that. I'm on Instagram, also as a root A W 8, the number 8 K E N I N G. So that's A R O O T. Root Awakening. Yeah, with an eight. Yeah. yeah. Root Awakening. You can find me there. Or you can find me on Facebook, Montague Connolly. M O N T I C U E C O N N A L L Y on Facebook. Yeah. And we'll also have like a, a link to your website in the description of this Absolutely. episode. So if you guys just want to click on that, it will take you straight to, to the website. And you can also email me at African American Shaman at gmail.com. Gotcha. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.